be the first kid on my block to get a confirmed kill. Smoke from the Lucy drip, hold it like a crucifix. Blow from the nose, I'm a dragon to a no. Got an average of being excellent, the media just don't. Like the ratio of heroin, the laxative is soul. Welcome to Nerd Words with Nate and Lee, the weekly rant on all things pop culture and entertainment. He says, Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi. What's the difference if Bruce Springsteen is his Shidoshi? If Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi, then show us the Dimak. Now, here are your hosts, Nate and Lee. I could be a star now. Welcome to another edition of Nerd Words. I am your host, Nathan, and um, this is a special edition of Nerd Words. I sit down and have a discussion here with my roommate, Bob, who just returned back from Gen Con. If you're not familiar with Gen Con, it is a yearly gaming convention that's held in Indianapolis, and it's the largest gaming convention in North America, and uh, it's something that's pretty pretty standard, pretty big in our life, so um, without further ado... All right, Bob, welcome back from Gen Con. So um, you have stories to tell, and I want to hear them. So what's, uh, what's the happenings with the Gen Con? Well, as, as always, Nate, it's the, it's the trip going down. Um, the most amazing thing is just how super religious the area of Indiana is just on the interstate traveling out. Uh, for instance, you may not remember. Do you remember like that that um, that gigantic milk ranch that's out there? Mm-hmm. And all they had was that clean gas pump. Yeah. Right. About a year ago, they now have a full fledged BP Amico, mm-hmm. a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and like their own milkery that's right there. And we counted it. We had a GPS going there. It's about a 15 mile stretch. Nothing but this farmland is theirs. Nice. So they're making bank off of it. So. It kind of brings some realization that what you're looking at is probably the very basics of somebody's very wealthy uh, source of estate, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, the traditional sign, uh, <laughs> hell is real. <laughs> In like a 70-foot sign, right? Big white letters, big black billboard. And uh, conversely, the trip back, because it's inconsequential, it says, Jesus loves you. Right. On the same billboard. Yeah, I remember that. So I, it's, I remember the hell is real one. <laughs> right. So it's like you go to Indiana, you're going to hell. You, you go to Illinois, you're going to heaven. Yep. I would contest that. <laughs> Just <laughs> say it. Uh, but other than that, cool, smooth trip down, the traditional construction season, which is boring to tears, right? Right. Just sucks balls. But uh, we get there, and we get to the Great Sheridan Hotel City Center. Which is advertised like a beast, right? Like it's like the gem of downtown Indiana. It was a hot box of just garbage, right? I wanted to say something else, but I understand, right? <laughs> you can no, you can you swear. Can, okay, you, you can swear. All right. So we get there, and first off, this parking garage is like the lower level of hell. Right. It was like only eighty-six degrees out heat-wise, but the heat index was eighty-seven percent. So you're moving through like water, is what it is. Now, and me, unfortunately, I had an injured back, and they're like, try to walk on it, you know, as much as you can with working out in the pool and whatnot, and I'm aware of that, and I'm toughing it out. I am on pain pills, right? right? I was given one pain pill, codeine, right? It's supposed right. to kill that. Wasn't working. I took two. Forget about it. I didn't want to push it. You right. know, I was like, just, you know, chill with the dosage and whatnot. And uh, the whole time, I'm like, I'm screwed, you know? Like, this is a serious injury. And uh, lo and behold, I get to the desk... <laughs> And this guy at the desk looks at me and he goes, you know, you're walking like you're in pain. And I was like, well, how could you tell? 
Is it the fact that I'm soaking wet <laughs> in my shirt walking from the parking garage to here or right. what? And, uh, but, but I digress. Uh, in the parking garage, Dominic parks on level three. Right. Now, I got out to go check in. You know, he dropped me off the front. I walk in and check in, get the keys, you know, find Troy, all that. And everybody's shown up right on Wednesday to get right. loaded up for the convention. And uh, I'm trying to find him in the parking garage. And the signs points you right. Sorry. And the signs points you right. Just make sure you're talking into because The signs point you in the right direction. I head up there. And uh, I, I can see Dominic. He's across the way. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at him. And uh, he's like, hey, B, I'm over here. I was like, okay. So I go to find where I could walk down to get right. to where he's at because I was elevated. Right? Well, if you go down, you go all the way down to floor two. If you go to the ramp to the far right, it brings you all the way up to floor four. And it's a quarter mile either way in this parking garage. Right. So I'm sitting here going, I had to walk a half mile and learn I can't get to him. <laughs> what the right? Fuck? And it's hot as hell. And I'm like, right. I don't know what to do. And then Dominic's like, well, just roll under, and you should be on this floor. Well, I'm looking. No, I wouldn't. I would fall two stories fucking me up. Right? You can't do that. <laughs> so this lady goes, just take the stairs right in the middle. I look. Okay. I go to the stairs. I'm on floor four. I'm like, I'm trapped in this parking garage. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't got a, I got a key card that doesn't open the stair level. It doesn't do it. So I go to get to the elevators that are there. People can get off the elevators. Mm-hmm. They can't go down in the elevators. Right. You have to use the stairs, right? At least that's what it looks like. So, But that just gives you an idea of just how technically jacked this hotel is or behind in their maintenance for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we go, and or I go, and uh, Dominic gave up. Understand this. This whole time, I can't find Dominic because he's looking for me. And he said, fuck this. He grabbed my bag, grabbed his bag. He Italianed it up. And he's like, I'm just going to meet your ass in the lobby. We'll figure it out. Right. But he, do- he dominates it up. He doesn't tell me that's what he's doing. He does. We live in a world of technology. I have 4G signal, full bar, everything. He doesn't even text me. You know? <laughs> I text him, where you at? He said, floor three. This is where this all started. I go on the stairs, and I have to go all the way down the stairs to learn that I can't get off on any level. Once you're into the stairwell, you're locked in them. And you have to go all the way down. So the, so, the, so the elevators only go up, and the stairs are your only way down, unless you take a car. This sounds insane. It is insane. And you're just, you know, and then you're so, everybody's coming in soaking wet. I didn't know why. I found out why. I was, I was the more vocal about your fucked up system here, but whatever. But then you get, you see why this place does business. The hotel staff, magically polite. Mm-hmm. Overly so. The only way they could keep it open would be that. Right. Right? Makes sense. Um, and then you're thinking that anything you buy in a hotel is going to be overpriced, right? Like they do a Gen Con every time. Because we're gamers, we're geeks, whatever, they jack everything up by over 75% of its normal cost. So that's why a lot of gamers bring their own food and whatnot. Right. Well, they've been doing this in Indiana, what, about at least 10 years? Yeah, at least 10 years. So all the store owners learned, and even the hotels, that they got to lower their price because people just bring their own shit. Right. So I go looking at the price. It was cheaper for me to buy sodas in the hotel than it was for me the CVS pharmacy that was right connected to us right downstairs. Right. So I was like, this is magic, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, mercantilism alive, whatever. And then the funniness starts happening even more. We're on the 20th floor. Pretty cool, right? We got all the way up to the 20th Big floor. Hotel. They got marble tiling. You know, they're bringing inside like everything's golden. And my AC's broken in my room. <laughs> 
it's the heat is is the devil's not sag hot, right? Yeah, it's stifling. And, and it's humid, like you were swallowed by some whale, right? Like in some strange book. Right. And uh, I go walking in, and I'm rooming with a cool guy named Paul and his wife. And I was I never met her, uh-huh. um, Bailey. And uh, she's a sweetheart, you know. She's pregnant, and she's like, "I'm gonna be a little bitchy, a little emotional. Hope you don't mind." Of course we mind. We don't want to deal with that. But yeah, I was no like, shit. <laughs> but, "But you're pregnant. Come say, come sa. Right. Don't worry about it." It couldn't be farther from the truth. She was interested in what we had going on. She's an English major. Uh, she's also good with uh, history. I'm sorry, Paul's an English major. She's in history. Mm-hmm. So you know, I love history. So we hit it off, no problem. And they have. And he's a chef. They right. brought all their cooking stuff. Totally cool. Yeah, like last year, he brought yeah. everything. We thought it was weird. Yeah. No, he's just smart. He's a, he's a pro at coming to this convention. And the first thing Paul says, he goes, I brought this board game, Bob. We don't all die in this one, so it'll be cool. Keep that in mind, because he fucking lied. Okay? <laughs> he just fucking lied. Yeah, because last year, what uh, what game did he bring last year that we all... We played that Arkham Horror series, the, yeah. the Call of Cthulhu mythos. Yeah. Where you investigate, and basically you just die. Right. Every card is worse than the last. Yeah, it was basically everyone's fucked in two hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> the only way it could be. So... Um, and that's night one. Like we go and play this game and, you know, Troy, the boss gives me a choice. He goes, Bob, we're both bosses. And I'm like, I'm on vacation, you know, and I'm injured. I'm not looking to walk all over hell. And he goes, oh, let's go to a bar to do what? Right. And he's like, oh, well, you know, just figured we get a couple drinks or whatever, or whatever he said. And he's just throwing out ideas. Troy's not committing anything. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to play this game. He goes, oh, that's right. Well, we're going to, we're going to stuff up envelopes in my room. And I felt like a dick. Evilly, I played the manipulation game. He wanted me to say, oh, don't do it alone. I'll help you. <laughs> right? Just like he did last year. Remember that? Right. So we're in here for this. Uh, for those for, for those listening to this, we have a live action game. It's a database of over 300 plus sheets that are each two to four pages in length. And we got to stuff all these tickets for their traits in it. And it's the three different colored traits. It's like, the, it's like a carnival from hell. Right. Like you're just packing this stuff in. And I'm like, I don't need to do this. I have no, no intention. I got, I, I'm going to be running it. Plabes, please. Yeah, no, last year I, <laughs> I ended up stuffing fucking envelopes for like three hours. And then I, I we'll, we'll get into that later. But I was pretty fucking livid about that shit. Right. It, was, it wasn't going to happen. So I was like, nah, Paul got the right idea. Don't don't say, don't offer the help, but say what you're going to do. Right. And, and if you need it, absolutely, we can de- derail. So me, his wife, and um, even Dominic, Dominic, you know him. I'm not going to play something that doesn't have fangs. I'm not interested. So I was like, cool. But he came down even. We're playing this game, and down they have a cool lobby. Like, that Sheridan said, you know what? We know who's coming. So they opened up their conference rooms down below and converted them to tables. People can play cards at. People are welcome to drink. If they brought alcohol, you can buy alcohol and come here. Right. And he gave you what they call the game room. Every restaurant after midnight knows, and most places were open after midnight because of what's here. That's awesome. And you could just order whatever you want. If you're hungry, people were drinking, having a blast, and the weirdos came out of the woodwork. <laughs> How weird? I'll tell you. We had, a, we had an elevator cereal shitter in the <laughs> hotel. That's how weird it got. That's exactly what happened. I, I'm down there with Paul, and Paul goes, you know, his wife's like, I'm a little hungry. Um, we don't want to order something, though, because they plan with the budget. You know, right. some nights we'll go out to eat. We're not going to do this right now. Okay, cool, no problem. He goes up, gets a snack. He's gone for like a half hour. We don't know what's going on. Well, what do you do when you push up? It's 20 levels. The door's open, and there's your favorite Indiana steamer 
sitting right there in the middle, permeating the elevator and shit. <laughs> just stank. Remember how hot it is. Yeah. There's no AC in the elevator, so it's been hotboxed. <laughs> Free range. And the son of a bitch who did it had the wherewithal to wipe his ass with a roll of toilet paper. And it apparently spiked it in it. <laughs> and I was like, somebody planned this. This was not wow. like happenstance emergency. They chose to go here. Because why? Where do you get toilet paper? In the bathroom. Right? I mean, it just yeah. made sense. And we thought that's one time. Someone got drunk or disgruntled, was unhappy with the hell parking lot, blah, blah, blah. We, we forget about it. We play the game, no big deal, and that elevator is now out of order. They have to clean it, right? Yeah. Makes sense. This is a fucking biohazard. So we, we go to go upstairs, and the elevator door, elevator we get in, keeps shutting and opening and shutting and opening. It'll shut by a foot and open by a foot. It'll come all the way down and open back again. It'll go down about three and open all the way back up again. And then it'll go and open up a little and drop back down and open up again. It wouldn't go anywhere. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. And it's opposite side in a different elevator. So I'm looking at Paul, and I'm like, we're going to die. <laughs> he's like, why are you just saying it? I'm like, you don't think it's an omen? Someone shits in the elevator. The building gods are pissed. And this elevator is now trying to chop people in half. It's like it's daring you to try to stop it. The sensors weren't working to register that people were in the elevator. Not like they should. Right. Right? But it was also hypersensitive, so that's why it kept opening. It wasn't fully shutting on anybody. But it was pretty disconcerting. So it takes you forever to get anywhere. Average wait time on night one to get up, and keep this in mind, because I'll get back to that, was about, oh, give or take, 18 minutes. Right. Right? 18 minutes to go up in an elevator. fucking time to go to Um, You healthy-minded people would probably just run up 20 flights and get there before we got up there. But that's neither here nor there. So for those of you new, the sleep pattern for running running the event like like we do, like you're used to, it's exactly like you remember. Mm -hmm. You get in about, uh, let's say, we got to bed at about 4.30 in the morning. Paul had an event to do in the morning. His wife had to do one, but they just wanted to have fun, played this. We were laughing, having a good time. The elevator was funny. Everything was funny. Right. So we get up there and, you know, sleeping arrangements. I myself was like, I can't sleep on the floor. And Dominic's like, I sleep on the floor anyway. Don't worry about it. So he gave me the whole bed, champion to him, right? They're in their bed. We're cool. We're all asleep. Now, got to understand, I am not a fit. I am not chiseled from Roman marble, right? Yeah. And I got this strange woman in the room I don't quite know yet. So being me, I just told her, I was like, listen, I sleep, welcome to the dough show. And I took off my shirt. I was like, I'm going to sleep in comfort, I don't care, because it's hot as balls out, right? And uh, oh, the best part is, we got a box fan. How we got the box fan, Paul calls down to the, to the guest room, says, your thermostat's broken. How broken? We have it on 50 degrees, because it wouldn't drop from 87 Wow. We had to put it on a 50 degrees for it to meet us at the 73 range. Right. There's four people in a room designed for four people. So if you know by BTUs, it's designed to kick up that much cold in the room. But it's a hotel. They have, it's, it's the AC. It's designed in the building. You're supposed to be able to drop this. And we, we confirmed it as low as 55 degrees in the room if you wanted to. Right. They give Paul the bullshit excuse. Oh, it's the humidity in the air. It's everything that's going on. It's all the people in the hotel. That's why it's not working. Paul's like, oh, okay. He hangs up and looks at me. Paul's a nice guy. He's like, that's it. You know me. That's not fucking it. <laughs> right. Right? So he hangs up. And why I'm mad is because I could sweat to death, whatever, so be it. Um, you're giving me something. Right. Whether you have a Cambodian midget chirping up and down the steps, ice to dump on me in the bathtub so I can sleep in the hotel that's, that's, that's paid for. Right. Or you figure out how to fix it, that's fine. And here's why it's angering. We were the only ones with a broken room. 
Only once. Why? Because spots no dope. Your boy checked. Right. I went up and down the hall. Hey, is your AC working? And you could feel Arctic air blasting in from their room. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I, you know, I look at Troy. I'm like, we're exactly across the hall. So like, you got AC? He goes, yeah, man, it's cold in here. Oh, is it? I sat in his room for about two hours. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying not to go downstairs and kill innocent Indiana, you know, uh, desk clerks because don't bullshit me that oh, it's not your room, it's the humidity, right? Right. So I call. I have to call. You know, I wait. I pull. I don't want. I don't want them to know that I'm this eccentric maniac, right? Right. That I'm like I'm meticulous about. You know me. It, it has to be exact, right? Right. If you tell me it's this way, then it has to be that way. You advertise AC. Guess what? Why we have AC is so we don't have to have a humid environment. It's designed to not have humidity. Right. Okay. That's the point. So I have to apply this logic. I can't leave my room till I do. They go downstairs. I said I was going to meet him there. I get on the horn. This polite girl uh, named, uh, was it Vanessa, gets on her and she goes, oh, sir, how can I help you get services? Well, as you can imagine, I'm like, I'm sweating balls. I'm drowning in my own fucking uh, ass stench. <laughs> can, you, can you help me out here? She goes, well, bullshit, bullshit reason, right? right? And I'm like, it's not that way. Do you understand how your AC works? She goes, no. And I told her, do me a favor, pull out your smartphone. She goes, what? And, and, and look up how air conditioning works on just one unit, just a home unit in a window. And, and, and learn how it cools the environment, right? And she goes, well, okay. And she goes, I, I can do that, sir, but I, I know how it works. Like, okay, tell me the truth. Are some units in some rooms the thermostat is just broken? Your AC is working, but the thermostat governs what's coming in or not. Right. Or the fan's busted. Just tell me. I would like another room and then tell me your book's out and I get it. Well, I can't really. Okay, you can't say it, but you already told me, right? right. You already told me about that pause. And so she gives me her manager. And the manager comes across like a hard ass. Says, well, sir, you're going to have to realize you're not the only person in the world that's hot right now. Everyone's using the AC, you know, and technically you're not supposed to have it, but leave 70. I was like, hang on, technically? It's exactly $111 per bed in your hotel room, and that's a discount because we're running a game that, by the way, a convention that brings in how much? Right. Over $8.5 million in the course of four days to the businesses in the surrounding area. So that means you cater to me. That means all year round you will never earn as much profit as right now. And I'm a buying customer, and I'm also one that draws over 300 people from one event that we have nightly to this place. Right. So let's pretend. And he's like, well, I, I didn't think, you know, but and he's stuttering. And I'm like, listen, I get it. But you're middle management, and I, I, I don't work for you. I'm the customer. Well, we could get you a box fan, and I bet that w that's perfect. That's all I'm asking for. A box fan at least gives the presence of air cooling people, and we just got to get real comfortable with not sleeping with a blanket on. We ain't got a choice. That's the compromise. So they bring the box fan, and lo and behold, before we get back up, their maintenance guy came in and checked, and the fan was broken. <laughs> right? Of course. Of that's course the, it was. That's just how it happened. And his name's Otis. Can you fucking believe that? His name's Otis. How we found Otis... We wake up in the morning, night two, and uh, we, we found a tyke, you know, surprise, yeah. our wondering friend tyke, will he come, will he not, surprise, he's, he's walking around places, he's all right, and um, we go to have breakfast. Now, me and Dom spotted this place called First Watch. Other than having a cool, kind of interesting name, like you're waiting for some sort of war, right. it's not. It's a bomb-healthy breakfast place. You know me. It's always a struggle with weight, and I would prefer to eat somewhere healthy, paying whatever I got to pay, than eating at like a steak and shake, right? Yeah, and, and steak and shake is vile anyways. It, to your bowels, amongst other things, Can we right? take a quick break so I can grab something to drink? Yeah. Okay, so before we took a little break there, you were talking about Otis, about 
Oh, the, the, the second day. The elevator repair guy, Otis. Um, Troy slept wrong, hurt his neck in the morning, and um, maybe mixing up days, but it was one of the mornings anyway. Um, comes across, says, hey, do you got anything? And, you know, I'm not one to just, like, I tell you what's going on with me if you need to know. Right. You know, I'm used to being, you get it, tough guy on my own, I can handle it. But the pain was agonizing. To put in perspective, I'm in an air-conditioned environment. People complaining about it's cold, ice cold. I had to stand up for about five minutes. I'm drenched from the head to shoulder, just in my my lower back's vibrating. So I tried to kill with codeine. It's the only thing I could do. And uh, this is in addition to stretching all the BS they show you. So lo and behold, someone leaks to Troy that, you know, there's something wrong with Bob. I think he's sick. And you know Troy. Troy's a sweetheart. He really is. And he, he politely came over. He's respectful how I am, too. And he's like, you know, I'm not one to say it, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And well, he didn't lecture me because he came over because his neck is fucked up. Right? And he right. tells me about, you know, what's going on with him. And uh, it's broad shoulders. He can't lay flat, right? Well, mine are, like, double his. So right. there you go. Because the schedule, right? So it's Wednesday. There's, there's no game. We just relaxed. Starting Thursday in the morning, we all eat breakfast together. And then you, you go and do what you're going to do. And then at 3 o'clock, you understand it. you got to start heading to the hotel because you got a meeting at 4. All staff meeting. And then from 4 to basically 2 in the morning, we're going to be busy entertaining 300 people. Right. That's just a given. So, um, and it's awesome, right? That's, it's a great feeling knowing all these people are coming year to year spending this money to see you guys. So, you know, I'm a perfectionist. Troy's a perfectionist. You're a perfectionist, which is why you fit well with us when you, when you, when you did it. I know you took right. a break this year for school. Uh, so we follow the routine because it works. We're down in the basement, and, and Troy's giddy. <laughs> He's giddy, right? And I'm like, I, I'm wondering, are, are we going to make it? You know? And because I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good, and he's feeling pretty good. And, uh, and uh, Tyke shows up out of a hat, and he's like, hey, let's get some drinks on. Whatever. We have a drink. No big deal. And uh, we decide, great. We won't talk about the game. We'll play this card game. And um, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. That was night three. I remember that. But it was, it's funny anyway. So we don't bitch at all. And you know how that gets. Normally, <laughs> you're pointing out every imperfection, right. problem, whatever. And um, let me rewind back, though, because I started this with Otis. It's my bad. Fragmenting. Uh, so the morning wakes up. We did go down there. We met for a little bit. We went and got breakfast. And it's on the way back because we went to go up to our rooms to get all the game stuff because we're going to go do night one, right? Yep. And Troy's in – he's on hyper crackhead mode, right? Yeah. And, like, I've never seen him. He was hyper with me and you there, but I think having three strong people, he was the most inexperienced, right? Right. But, you know, he and I talked, and I was like, you're doing great. You got to step up, though, because, you, you know, get on, get on my level and be you, and I know you're good at what you do. And just kind of take those reins because people want you to. And with that talk, whether he knew the system or not, he had to step up. Well, he felt that meant he had to he had to mark, cross his eye or cross his T's, dot his eyes right now, not asking for help. He's grabbing everything, and you know we're rolling to the con. Right now, before we we roll into con of night one, we have a brother printer, brand new. It's about oh three and a half feet wide brick, right? Three feet all around, and we just we brought a printer. Yeah, he he bought he a brought, printer out of the budget that we made uh-huh. from last year. A brother printer bought it so we could use it for anybody new that shows up for whatever reason we need it. So we got this printer, good size. Right. Then we have this uh, Exacto cutter uh-huh. for just massive sheets of paper. That's big. Then we have a little little tub stack 
of all the character sheets plus all the fucking Hellion envelopes I dodged <laughs> from the <laughs> fill, right? right? Then you get the three reams of tickets. Then you have these sheets they want to guest sign in plus two laptops. And then you got all the game books that you want to bring. Right, it's a lot of shit. Yeah, that's a lot of support. We're a half mile from the location, and it's hot as balls out. And you know, it's like we got to all carry this. And I'm like, I got an injured back. Fuck that. I go and dump all my clothes out of my cool ass three hundred dollar I got for a hundred dollar right. uh, leather roly thing. Right for uh, for all your clothes, and it's meant for your airport luggage, travel. Right. right. We grab it. Works like a charm because a big guy got big clothes, got big luggage. Yeah. All the shit fit in there, like magic. He calms down. He's pulling to roll it, and we we get going. On the way down in the elevator, we see Otis. Now this is the first spotting of Otis that we said, and we didn't say anything because he doesn't look like he's repairing an elevator. He looks like he's stupid. <laughs> he's an older guy, you know, older white Caucasian guy, and I'm, I don't mean older like in his sixties. I mean older like early to mid fifties, and just a vacant, actually a vapid stare, right? Because when you get in, his bottom lip's down, and he's just staring at you. So he looks like an Otis. He's just staring at you. <laughs> With a big old name tag says Otis, and that's it. And he goes, going down. Now understand, we're on the 20th floor. 21st is above us. That's it. <laughs> going down. No, Otis, we thought we would just have take the elevator to go up after we go all the way down. He says it, he gets in, and I'm like, well, what are you doing? Now, he's in the elevator with the doors all jacked, right? It won't shut because yeah. it's crazy. And he keeps messing with it. Like, we want to go down, like, today. And Otis is just, you know, messing with buttons and messing with buttons. And finally, he holds the door closed, and it shuts. I'll repeat that. Otis, clearly, has spent years back-breaking labor repairing elevators probably statewide. Right. Years of experience. And it dawns on him after five minutes that if you sh hold down the shut the elevator door button, that it'll <laughs> shut the door so you can go down. Right? right? Not dealing with the cure for cancer, right? We can, we can yeah. get with that. We let him have his peace. We don't bust his balls. But we're all thinking it. I'm the one who's about to say it. Thankfully for him, it takes us all the way down to the lobby. We get out. And uh, the, the lady at the desk, you know, she, she calls my name. I find that odd. Realize it's it's Veronica Vanessa. I forget her name already, uh, but uh, she calls me over. She heard my voice, and she goes, "I want you to know that I appreciate you actually challenging us on just kind of giving out a, a couch excuse. We talk a lot about hospitality in the hotel industry. We have all these things, and nobody ever says anything. Nobody ever says anything. And you said that. And my boss kind of he felt really guilty about it, so he started calling around rooms to see who had that." And, you know, we have, like, you know, a dozen box fans if, if people need it. You know, normally just dry out a floor real quick. Right. But, you know, they, they had a handout, too, because mine was broken and one other was broken in the building, but that was it. So and I thought that was cool. Like, I affected a change. You know, so no, I'm, I'm the only victim of swamp ass is what, <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, I was the only one I took that hit for gamers worldwide. Okay, right. that's what happened. So I digress. So we do the half-mile walk, and like I said... It's Indiana, and it wouldn't be Gen Con if you didn't have the homeless. It <laughs> yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah, Indianapolis has a fucking homeless problem like nobody's business. Uh, like the first was like the, I think the second year I went, they were in that uh, where the fountains at. You know that big like square uh, at the across, Hilton. Uh, <clears throat> it, like it's across the street from the train station. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it it faces the train station. 
and it's the Pan Am Plaza. Yeah, the Pan Am Plaza. That year, they were just laid out. It looked like Beirut, just like bodies everywhere. Yep. Uh, it turns out that uh, Pan Am Plaza was a uh, Lucas Oil Stadium while it was being built. They didn't mind, or being renovated, I guess, or yeah, yeah they extended they built it. it. Uh, they didn't have a problem with the homeless being there. They didn't. Apparently now the police crack down yeah. on them being there because I guess the stadium can't deal with that right. type of publicity now, which is fine. But the Crown Plaza, and I'm glad you remember that, that's where we're going. Right. We're at the Sheridan City Center way over who gives a damn. Is that the, um, which one is that? Which the, hotel it's is not it? the nice one. I thought it was the one where it was like the, the Sheridan that had all the businesses in the bottom uh-huh. with the massive nice lobby. Yeah. No. No. This is like the Sheridan Time Forgot. Because it has Otis and the serial shit elevator guy, right? right? That's you. That's what you get at the Sheridan we're at. You don't get a choice. So um, we're going by, and the first homeless person, they've shifted gears. I promise you, you told me the story last year of how a guy said, hey, man, can you buy me some cheeseburgers from McDonald's? And out of the kindness of your heart, you bought the burgers. And you gave him, you gave him the bag, and that was that. And then he told you that he was going to turn around and, and trade one for booze and eat the other one, and you just laughed. Like, right. you know, what are you going to do? You know, but you did your due diligence. You know, you earned your angel, earned its wings, and you got a definite stake in it. I had to have ran into that same guy, except he doesn't do that anymore. He's standing nowhere near the McDonald's, and he goes, hey, guys, will you go to McDonald's and buy me some food? <laughs> now, the guy's not wearing shitty clothing. He just looks like he didn't shave for two days. Right. And you're looking at him. He has new shoes on. Now, right, understand so, that. So he's probably a, a huckster. Right. And we're looking at him, and, we're, and clearly he's not a McDonald's eater. Okay? Right. So somebody's been eating McDonald's, and that's it because he's homeless? For a year, right. I'm expecting a heart attack or four. Right? Something bad. Someone who's really not healthy. Right. He was ambulatory and capable. Didn't have a meth mouth. Looked like he actually had better teeth than some of the people I drove with. Right? Right. Um. Not to say people I rode with had bad teeth, just looked like he had great dental care. We ignore him, and we almost missed the amputee homeless guy. Mm-hmm. So we see 97-year-old non-vet, right? Right. And he says, you know, homeless, need money. Well, I'm not Father Time, but I could tell that if he was 97, he might have more problems than sitting on a street corner Drinking a couple bottles of water, eating a salad, eating a salad, <laughs> right? Right. And claiming, am, you know, I, I'm an amputee. Now, I didn't check his legs. I didn't look at any of that because I'm glancing because I'm one of those people. If you make eye contact, then my heart's going to bleed all over the place, right? Right. I'm going to have to hear his story, and, you know, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. Right. And it's not that I'm indifferent. Don't think that. But I know what their problem. And you remember last year, the cops had to pull them off the street. Yeah. Well, and, and I know in previous years... They've put up signs that specifically said, don't feed the homeless people, don't give them money. Um, yep. it, by the P.F. Chang's last year, there was this obese homeless oh, woman. Oh, I can't that, believe I forgot that. That yeah. did the, the, was, was ambulanced out twice between <laughs> right. Wednesday and Sunday. Twice, two different times. The, the fucking paramedics were there putting her on a big-ass stretcher. Two different times in one weekend. So right, and the second time at her friend all panicked. Yeah, everybody was freaking out. Because that was shit. it. And they were right. saying, "Yeah, that was it for her." Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking. Um, well, this year's no. They're entertaining, is what I'm saying, because I'm talking about street performers you hear about in L.A. You know, you see, hear stories about the strip, right. that sort of thing. They had street performers that were homeless, right? 
and just earning a buck. And then you wonder, like, did they, are they all present because the convention's there, because they're hoping to get a dime? And or we, and we kind of you know, keep your ear out, right, and you're listening. Right. Um, again, first watch for breakfast. Met the coolest waitress there ever, this African-American lady named Lisa. I state that because the happiest worker ever, right? At, like, really, if you're in Indiana downtown, go to this place, first watch. It's the best. She, t- she takes care of the homeless with her tips. That, that blew my mind. She yeah. takes her tips, and she goes out, and there's a homeless guy she always gives change to. Helps him out. And she tells us, like, you know, we're told not to do it, but she knows who is legitimate and who's completely full of shit. Right. Right? And, we, you know, I kind of asked her about this, uh, this statue, this still silver-painted statue performer that looked like a crying angel just sitting there in sweltering heat. Yeah. The outfit was shitty. Her fat back had silver water dripping off the back of it. It didn't look like a statue. It looked like she was suffering. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I would tip her if it got her a shower that she needed to get the paint off. Because I got to imagine that just clogged pores just makes it hotter, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess great fortitude to do what you're doing. And then, of course, you get jazz musicians now, which that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool, right? And then uh, you start you start thinking about it, and it's turning into its own culture, right? Right. Uh, the gamers are here, and you know, gamers, believe it or not, they have loot, right? Yeah. I want to put this in perspective. There is one week out of an entire year where people obsess about the hobby they do at probably every single day, honestly, in some capacity. But it's with the very best people from around the world. Right. I mean, around the world, we met a guy from Dubai. He flies in from Dubai <clears throat> to come and play games. Yeah. I was reading about um, somebody on Facebook posted that they met a guy who was at the convention who worked for the Prince of Qatar, and he goes to the convention to buy that prince games. It was, it was, it was legit. Uh, that's crazy to me. It's legit. Oh, I told you. I forgot to tell you. The best part of the Sheridan was uh, Will Wheaton. Oh, you saw him? He stayed on our floor. <laughs> We ran that's, into him day one. That's fucking awesome. It was it was cool. Um, he was like you expect. You know what I mean? Right. Like Hollywood expectation. Like, oh my God, you know me outside of clothes. Right. You know, polite enough. And then he put on the fake polite. Right. Like, oh, hey, yeah, I appreciate your, you liking me at school. Hurry up and shut. He, he was yeah. like Otis. Right. He was training how to fix elevators and hold the shut, de- shut button door. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it was that and done. Uh, but we were like, cool, somebody famous, you know? Another another famous thing, I heard a story from a guy who worked as Secret Service agent for the President of the United States. Uh-huh. And he's there. And um, he did this, I don't know, he said Clinton is who he was on with the administration for, but you know gamers. Right. Is this legit? Right. I'm not saying I can confirm he did or didn't, but listen to him for about 10 minutes. He knew his shit about routines and everything else and stuff like that. You can probably find an idea of that on the internet. Right. But I was like, you fit the age demographic. He had like Semper Fi, Marine Tattoo. He rocked it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, just very prideful. So I was like, that's kind of cool. you know. And he told me that, uh, you know, talking to me, he goes, what you're doing this running convention, you don't realize it, but the reason why your LARP's good, and he literally said our LARP because he knew Troy's family, uh, he said it's because you get people who come over and they get to forget, right? That's what it's all about. You come here to forget about the shit, right? Right. You're here to have fun. You're here to be something else for a little bit and, and to share in that hobby, and that's what it's all about. It was heartwarming, right? But I care about the funny stuff. That's what <laughs> uh, we get to the place, we get all set up, Troy's around like a busy bee, and you know, we have to do the usual. 
people have to come in. We have to check them in with their characters, get reacquainted. People haven't seen each other for a year. Right. Hugs and kisses all around, and that's cool, and it's a community, right? And I don't think me or Troy realized that we had built a community. Yeah. There were at least 40 people who asked where you were. Yeah. No lie. Why isn't Nate here? You know, we're just, just all about it. And they're like, oh, that sucks, but, you know, at least you're here. Oh, I brought Dominic, though. Who's Dominic, right? Oh, he played this character, but can he be on staff? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was cool because how the night developed, it, it started out like kind of slow. We get people into it, and then you didn't see people anymore. You know, they're portraying these vampires and what have you, these social cliques and circles. And I've been doing this long enough where if I'm not running a scene, I enjoy just to watch people yeah. co-mingle and interact. Yeah. And you're watching the interaction, and there's such passion in what they do, legitimately. Haven't seen each other for the year, and they're selling these roles, right? Right. I've seen shitty films that got money that didn't have this level of acting in it. We watched about a half a dozen of them yesterday. So, <laughs> so it, it was one of the coolest things. And you hear what our friend's talking about, that LARPing's dead, that you can't do it anymore. It's not true. What it is is that you've given up. Right. You've decided that it's not good, therefore it's not. Right. You know, doesn't and, entertain you anymore. So exactly, and probably not that it doesn't entertain you. You've decided there is an age expiration on what you do. Right. Yet here's this mecca of of people who bring. We're talking families, right? Mm -hmm. Who come to this generations come here to support this event, which is why there's no sign of them stopping profit. Right. There's just not. Because when you got a community that loves coming together to do something, they're going to keep doing it. Right. No matter where it's at. So it's a money maker. Um, and the game really didn't have anything other than it went good. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, there's a ton of stories I could talk about, you know, game and interactions and whatnot. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. No, I don't know. Whatever you but, want to talk about. It doesn't matter to me. So, well, then I will talk about it in the most polite terms I can. Any interest that it might reach my fellow people on staff yeah. or anything else. So, uh, the, plot's, the plot's the plot, right? You know, we, you were on staff when we had it. Right. We're holding this chronicle year to year. And for folks who don't know, uh, think of it like making a book, your favorite novel. Except it's a, it's a committee who have to do it. I guess, in essence, a script would be better, right. right, of what's supposed to happen in establishing these scenes. Well, the hardest thing is, is that you can establish these scenes all you want to, but you have the world's most eccentric actors. They will choose to use your shit or not right. and run in a direction you didn't expect. So I'll start with the first little scenario. Everyone's seen True Blood, so I trust you can follow along. If not, look up True Blood to get an idea of some of the race terms we're talking about. And uh, you have these, uh, these setites, these vampires, right? Real corruptors of, uh, they always give you what you want because they get off on watching you degrade yourself morally, right? Right. We got this new kid who is new to them, doesn't really understand that, but once explained to him, has the best poker face I've ever seen as somebody who can pull this off. Right. And we have all these other players not used to it, right? So he, I don't know if he's, he might be a drug dealer, I don't know. <laughs> but he was capable of standing here in front of someone, and they're like, totally cold and with a Russian accent, mind you. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're at your docks. We heard some stuff's going on that you're, that you're racketeering children and worse. And he's like, well, who told you this? Uh, uh, you know, we heard. You heard wrong. Want a drink? Mm -hmm. I've got these new uh, silk-cut cigarettes or whatever he was pinning. And they forgot all about why they were there. And they would leave. <laughs> Right? And right. I'm watching this because we have these cool stanchion signs because we're in a massive hotel playing area, right? right? We're in conference rooms at the far end and huge air conditioning, and they give us the, all this space to run these scenes in. And so we got these cool, fancy signs that dictate what scene you're in. You know, right, your the location stage. and whatnot. Right, location, everything. And uh, it was cool. And so he stands here at the docks. He, that's probably all he did all four days. 
It was just a turnstile of people walking up, and it got progressively worse, and he knew it. Right. Every time a new batch of people came up, something worse would happen in, in his area. Right. And, he, and he's telling people, listen, I hunted down these devil-worshipping guys and got rid of them and brought them to you. Um, what do you get for me? And these people pooped on him. <laughs> I say that because the poor guy couldn't catch a break. Right. Uh, but they, considering they wanted to kill his character, that was the whole point over a year of planning, yeah. he was slipping a noose. He ends up turning around and, and he makes it makes an advantage because he stakes his sire and his partner to maintain his connection and officially join the Russian organization, the Vori, mm-hmm. right? Which you built that plot, right. not an expectation we had. No. You know what I mean? But he pulled it off and he did it well. Right. And he tells everybody else there's no more racketeering of kids. He's still racketeering kids. Of course he is. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's just their eyes are on him now, so right. they're not paying attention. The, sh- the shell game. Right. Beautiful. Absolutely. It's those type of scenes, you know, people wanting to play a villain, and we were kind of concerned because, yeah, you're, you're kind of playing characters who don't have a black and white morality, you know, so some of the stuff is gray, but you know werewolves, right? Yep. You might as well make them monsters with capes, you right. know? If there's an innocent baby crying somewhere, there's a werewolf beating a deadbeat dad for not making a check, you know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. A little weird. Well, me and Troy are getting annoyed because it's like your directors who said, okay, we hired these actors, here's what's going on, we need them to really complete this scene because we need to make budget. And all these actors are like, yeah, we saw it, and what we're thinking of doing is nothing like you said <laughs> at all. Right, right. Or, or it's only supposed to be two of us in this scene, we decided 45 would be best for it. Now, for those of you who don't know live action... You resolve challenges of what your character does or doesn't is or is not able to do with rock, paper, scissors. You know, if you tie, you compare traits, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's rock, paper, scissors to determine outcomes so you can keep the story going. But one person playing rock, paper, scissors versus another one, even in a combat idea, that could take an hour yeah. easily yeah. for a resolution. Now you ha- And that's with, with a storyteller present. We have a storytelling staff of like eight. Yep. But there's like a shit ton of people here, right? Yeah. Now we have over 45 who want to go to one location to possibly kill one guy. Right? Right. That is called mob action. Right. Right? No matter any way you slice it. And we're like, we got to put realism to this because nobody really does that. No one goes around and in mass and right. it's just, it blows our minds. assembled the posse exactly. to go kill one guy. And we did something amazing, right? Um, I work in technology. Troy definitely works in technology. We have five guys who know tech. And we linked all our smartphones and we made these two Facebook pages where we put all the rumors of everything that's going on in real time, in game, as we run the scenes. We also did another page of what we're doing as staff to handle it so we're not, we're not overlapping and everything seems fresh and new. Right. Right? And it, it keeps the party going. Well, because we have this, we have three or f- four players who are linked into the rumors and they were overwhelmed on their phone my phone beeped probably, I'd say, with an update. Every 15 minutes, I'd have about four or five messages because that's how much shit was going on yeah. every night. And uh, these players just stopped looking after a while because it, you know, it's, a, it's a reality check of just how often, if you're that well-connected, it can happen. How the hell can you deal with all that? Right, how do you keep up? And that was the impression we wanted to give because it's like this is what it's like and why it's so hard to get stuff to move behind the scenes so you have people get your fucking people and stop worrying about it, right? Right. This became a theme for the con because these three players would be exhausted by the halfway point. Like, they're role-playing and all, but they're like, oh, man, you know, but they did it to themselves. They set it up to have it 
it's it's like the devil's wish. You know, be careful what you wish for, and it ends up ruining your life. Right. I want all the information. Well, guess what? You're getting all the fucking information. Now deal with that shit. <laughs> right, yeah, as right. you need it. And, uh, you know, and they have all sorts of stuff, but uh, just to keep it copacetic, um, it was fun. That's, that's the brass tacks. Every single night uh, was met with cheers for the staff, uh, applaud. Um, we, we couldn't... We had one person get so caught up in the moment, they threw another person who was in a chair legitimately not in character through, threw them out of their chair. Guy rolled twice, got up and said, really? And went back to what they were doing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anywhere else, there was an, it was a dark UFC fight, right? right? That was right there. We were like, whoa, what's going on? And, uh, and then it happened again, and it was the changelings. We were floored. <laughs> it's it's the most happiest go lucky. These people are always dressed up. They got right. fake elf ears. They're painted in silver and green. Right. They got stabs and wands and blah blah blah. Yeah, th- for for people that don't know like white wolf material, the fae are usually like the most uh, cheerful of players. Like they're they're the they're like the kids, you know. <laughs> and and to hear that, like yeah, that's a little extreme. Very much so. And um. I always said that the be uh, changeling the way people and, and remember you read the changeling book. Mm-hmm. They're not that way. Yeah, no, they're not at but all. That's but that's you know that's not how they're written, but that's how they're normally portrayed. Right. You because know, the people are very jovial. And yep. They're, they want an outlet where they could just be kids. Right. Is the goal. Well, you got very serious players who aren't really interested in that, but you deal with it. So after every game session, though, and I always have to point this out, we don't get to eat, right? That's, right. that's understand that we got to eat breakfast, make it a good one, because we don't know we're going to get to eat again. Because if you ate at uh, 10 o'clock when you woke up, and that, that had to be your brunch, yeah. and then you're rushing off uh, by 4 o'clock to get to a meeting, and you're not going to be done until 1.30 in the morning or 2, right. you take what's open. Yep. You don't got that choice. Now, a couple times we had Steak and Shake delivered to the staff. I honestly think it was an asshole move. I said left and right. I don't eat steak and shake normally. Fuck that. That's the most unhealthy shit you can put in your body. But I get why when a certain soccer team crashed on the side of a mountain, they went to eating their friends. You get <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Steak and shake looks pretty fucking good when your stomach's starving and you're literally hurting because you, yeah. you haven't, when you eaten, haven't eaten for 14 hours. Steak and shake takes on a whole new fucking dynamic. Oh, my God. So, you know, we eat and whatever and we have our meetings. And really, I think only any of us showed up for the meeting is because we're eating. Right. It was like bribery. And uh, so you get somewhat of a dinner, and it's fucking bad. But here's the problem. You know how long, right? 4 p.m. Right. Until 2.30 in the morning, and you have that feeling, right? Now, I was drinking uh, this thing called Soylent, right? You know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I have it at the house. I'm used to doing it. That was I'm drinking two of my meals, very super healthy food. And then I would solid eat one meal, and I tried to keep that healthy as well. Right. You know, keep up that trend. And I went from that to immediately a grease diet, right? Yep. Steak and shake. So now I'm standing up here, and I don't get the bubble guts. I get the, that almost came out of me. Yeah, you get, you get immediate fucking evacuation. And, you know, I got cramps, and it's horrible, and I'm, like, just carpet bombing the room, right? And, and I'm literally standing by a crowd saying nothing. Yep. But, they, but they put you up on a pedestal. And this has got to suck for all famous people. I'm not saying I'm famous, but it's like you are. Right, you're in a position Which, of authority. You you're, have like 70 right. people looking at you, de- deifying every scene you run, every story you're doing for them, and you're just carpet bombing them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm around a crowd of about 10, and they're in a fight scene, and it's cool, and I get the... <laughs> right? And I'm stone-facing it, and I'm like, that's cool. And I decide that my ass cheeks will keep it in. 
that's cool. That worked the first time. But then every guy knows that if you really got to go, your balls start hurting because of the pressure. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You like squinching and your balls hurt from the pressure. Right. Like, I have to shit. That's the, that's the sign from the body. We're failing at our task here. You got to right. let this go. And I'm like, cool. I got to politely excuse myself from the scene. This girl, very dramatic, doing awesome, turns to me. She's kind of got tears in her eyes, and I'm supposed to play something. I forgot what I was running because I'm sweating now. Right. Not just in the back pain. I got the cold sweat. This shit is happening, literally, <laughs> right? And it's like the process has started, and I'm not certain if I'm going to be – I'm going to have to duck walk to get to the bathroom. And I'm literally counting it. It's 50 strides to get to the bathroom. How I know is because I had to do it. Right, and the whole way out there was like, "All right, guys, let's excuse me real quick. I got something going on." I pull the cool guy move. Uh-huh. You grab your cell phone, right, and you literally just call any number so they can see that it's on, and you walk and pretend talk. Except I just turned it on and just called and wasn't saying anything <laughs> because I was like, "Don't shit yourself." Oh God, I get in the bathroom and every single stall is taken up. Oh come on, every single one, and I'm like, "Cool." I ended up kicking in a stall door. Because the person in there was asleep. Right? You got to understand. Or dead. I'm like 6'4". I could see over the stall. I, I, I don't want to do that. Right. But I'm like, who's done? Who's not? Who's just on their phone fucking around? I don't know what's going on. I have to shit. I'm going to shit in the sink. I'm going to be a serial shitter. Right. I can't do that. I'm going to be the guy in the elevator. Now I'm like empathizing with the dude who's taking an 18-minute elevator ride because it's broken. He had to go. You know what I mean? What did he? What choice did he have? And I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. And I look over, dude's asleep, but I'm like, and when I mean kick in, I didn't like dramatically hit it, but I'm like, I'm, I put my hand over, the, over it, moved the latch enough that when I kicked it, it jostled it open. He's like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah, dude, do your th- get the get off get the pot. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and so he's like, my bad, man, gets up, and he partied hard. I don't know what game he did, but they were drinking at it, and they should not have. Somebody left this dude to rot, and he was all fucked up. I had to half carry him to the sink, and he's throwing water on his face to wake up before I could even take care of my emergency, because I, you know, I don't know. I guess that's just how you do it, and I and I handle my business, whatever. We need to go over that, but I've been gone for twenty minutes, right? Right. You would think gone for twenty minutes, they would have found someone else, finished the scene out, whatever. No, they politely waited. (laughs) They politely and fanatically waited. Wow. I come back. And I started hearing people talk about that, man, someone was just dropping ass all over the room. You know, a little <laughs> while ago, it was gross, but I don't know who would do that, you know. And so I had a choice. I can know up to it. That's cool. Don't get anybody in trouble. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of rude. <laughs> I don't know who would do that. What person? I mean, but look at all the steak and shake bags. You know, it's not like we're eating healthy here. I mean, people should take better care of themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, you don't got a choice, right? Which is the point. So, and then there's the after game, right? Right. Because you understand you eat two meals over such a stretch of time, and you're used to eating, you know, with me, three, or sometimes six small meals if it's a workout day. So I'm hungry, but I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go to sleep. And I forgot that the night's not over, because after the staff meeting and you do the game, there's the wrap down, right? Right. Where you get to vent and talk, and we try to make it better for them the next night. Right. So now we're going to do that. And, And Troy and Dominic decided... That instead of, you know, whatever, just going to get in steak and shake again because the lines are hellacious, uh, we'll drive and get food. Where did he decide to go? Take Denny's? a random guess. White Castle? Yes. 
Yes, White Castle. Now, for those who don't know, there's a place called the Train Tracks behind the White Castle in downtown Indiana. I found this out from talking to a local, and it's the most violent place after pretty much sundown. Right. And the police are always watching this area because shit always pops off. Um, last year when we were there, remember we saw that? Yeah, the guy get knocked out in front of the bar or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like right yeah. over there. And, and that lady just yelled out, somebody call the police. Right. And that yeah. dude got Frankenstein, right? Yeah. Got hit and just, I, I still think he's dead. <laughs> we didn't see him move. Nobody no. nobody came. He didn't move no. the whole time. And we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't wait to see. So they said to go through the drive-thru and I'm thinking, you know, Troy is uh, what you call a victim <laughs> in the wrong neighborhood. Dominic might be able to talk a game. I'm a little concerned, but whatever. They're in a car. They're fine. Plus, I'm a little angry. I'm downstairs, and they're like, we're about to eat White Castle. That's all we got. And I'm like, I'm just not going to touch it. Right. I'm just not. Well, they come back with two Crave cases of fucking food, but it's for like 15 people. Uh You never get just staff coming back because you get the people who really enjoy the game. You get the, there's a whole cavalcade of people that come with that. A crowd, right? Yeah. So we're down there, and everybody's eating, chipping in cash for the food, whatever, and you you do the communal thing. You keep it light because you're not an idiot, and you know it's going to hurt. Right, right. So, so we do our thing, and that's and that's that. And uh, but during the scene, this creepy guy, while we're down in the game room of the Sheridan I talked about earlier, he goes, "Hey, you guys do that LARP, right? Is it Old World of Darkness? Because it's the older version, right? right. That we play. And there is a new one out, and we yeah, we're old like school, a, like a new revised rules or whatever, a better one." I've often said yeah, it. I, I haven't read it, so I'll, I'll withhold my judgment. But right, it's well, a better one because it gives people what they want. We'll put it that yeah, way. Right? It definitely seemed a little bit fan servicey, <laughs> but whatever. Maybe, maybe conversation for another time. Yeah, but, right. Uh, this guy has blonde hair. I'd put him at maybe one fifty, uh, real tall. He's about my height, and uh, he comes over, sits down. By the way, on his lonesome, and decides that he can partake in the conversation. Now you know me. I'm apprehensive of strangers. I don't really particularly like anybody doing that. Yeah. If I know you, feel free. Right. I'll invite you over if it's worthwhile. But he figured because he said, you're playing LARP, and we said yes, and we we're having a meeting. We're clearly having a meeting, and we're not looking to get interrupted. He decides it's time to tell us where he's from. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah I, know, I know the type. I know the type. The, the kind of like just walks over and yep. just interjects like, hey, I'm, I'm your new friend. And we yeah. immediately thought it was that shitty old World of Darkness game, right? right. That group. Because they you know, have LARP, will travel. You know, those fucking losers who treated it like it was real life. Right. Like couldn't, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's not. It's the Camarillo organization. And what have we heard about that? These guys were not a cruise, right? Uh-huh. Every twi- two, three times a year in different parts of the world. And they're sponsored by White Wolf, the creators of the game yeah, we're playing. Yeah, the fan club. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, that's cool. I've, I've never been. I've been invited. I've never been, though. It's kind of cool. And you know, so I'm talking to him at first, and there was a bit like give him his day in court. And the more he talked, the more in the back of my head it was, kill him. <laughs> Just kill him. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why I'm having that thought. That's weird. You know, he hasn't done anything untoward, nothing like that. And then I'm watching the looks on people's faces, and apparently the look on my face was like, kill him. <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't know why. What, what's that all about? And I, it designed to me why. It's, it's like you didn't ask this stranger anything. Yeah, you share a hobby. Thanks. We're here at Gen Con. That happens. But it's like, thanks. I don't know. You move on. And he's like, let me tell you the story about how I almost died. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do tell. 
and, and but it was polite. It was like five minutes, real quick introduction. When I did, I'm experienced, you know, and you got to hear that. Yes, he knows what he's talking about. And we said, you know what, man? Hey, cool. You know, I appreciate you coming out. How about you come to our game? How about you come check that out? He goes, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely do that. Where's it at? We give him the information. We're like, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. we're here and we're the crowds we're drawing and just we're building business 101. Right. Don't sell a person. Build a relationship. They'll come on their own if they like you. Right. You know, that's exactly what we're doing. So, great. We tee it off. We go to bed. Night two. This time. Oh, but before we get into night two, I got to take a piss. So, yep. we'll take a little bit, little bit of a break and we'll come right back and talk about night two. Okay. So, before our break, we were talking about the second night of the convention. Absolutely. Um, routine's normal. You know, you go to sleep early ass, you wake up. And this time I wake up bright and early at 8.40. I went to bed at 5.10. I woke up at 8.40. Why I woke up is someone made the mistake of telling me there's a pool in this <laughs> hotel, right? And you know me. Yep. I, I work out in a pool, absolutely. I'll swim laps before anybody's awake. Right. To my, to my surprise, pleasantly, uh, Paul saw me go for my swim trunks, and he jumped up and got his, and his wife did too. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do this pool. We'll go see what it's got. So we're like, we're not holding our breath, right? right. And innocently, we're barefoot going there, right? right? Now understand why. We know which elevator was the shit elevator, and the other ones were spotless, right? right. So we're like, we're fine, but we don't have flip-flops. We all packed not knowing there was a pool, but just in case, we brought our goods. Right. Um, so that's how you know you're a vet of you know conventions, right? You get the hotel, who knows? Right. Because uh, you got to book that shit so far out. Whatever, like you forget. you in advance, basically. Yep. And uh, so we go, and it's on the ninth floor. It's a beautiful pool. It's, like, almost just shy of being Olympic length. Um, it has a, even has a spot where if you're in a wheelchair, uh, you know, those cool-ass mechanical chairs are going to lower you in the deep end. Right. And I've never been in a pool, I'd say, since I was 15 that had deeper than five and a half foot of water in it. Yeah. Right? It had eight and a half. It was, it was pimp. So you could get in the fucking water. Oh, yeah, right. you were in the water. And which is great for treading water, you know, for getting your heart rate up and keeping it. You can do it, which is pretty cool. Um, my idiot self forgot all about my left eye I had surgery on, right? I don't have my goggles. I, I didn't do that, and I just jumped in. And it felt like I splashed acid into my eye, right? Yeah. So I just keep it closed, and that helped. And, right. and that, for, for those who don't know, you had your, your retina replaced? The, the, cornea, the cornea replaced, sorry. right, twice, right? And, and not too long ago. Less, right, less than two months ago. <laughs> so it sucked. And it still still got stitches in, so uh, I'm dumb and I have that. But uh, what do you do? I already jumped in. Yeah, fuck it, you're already there. Right, it's right. already jacked. So I'm in the pool, and Paul and Bailey are like, "Oh, let's let us tell you about what we went through." And I was like, "Okay," because we're on this roof and it's nice and cold, right? Definite contrast to our room was the night before. And by the way, the box fan worked. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, it fan goes out, cold air with a box fan was fine. But here we are in this pool, and it's it's lukewarm water which is soothing, and it's in the morning, and it's like this beautiful Chase Bank that's nearby and these other higher buildings in the hotel, but you're on the ninth floor, and it's just a great view of, of everything, so we're just having a good old time. And, um, and it's also a pimp seating area. It's like outdoor, you know, waterproof, living room-type furniture, and we're thinking, why the hell are we going to the bottom of the hotel for a meeting? And s- instead of being up early ass, let's just wake up early, have the meeting, go to brunch, and, oh, look at that, right? right. Uh, but people are night owls, you know, gamers, yep. and that's and plus it's athletic activity, the bane <laughs> right. of all gamers apparently, yeah, except not for myself. Too much, right? <laughs> so, um, any rate, we're there, and they tell me, "Do you see that building over there?" And I'm looking. There's several. Could you be more specific? 
The one with the shitty guy on a horse sitting on it. Okay. And yeah, there is right across the way. I'd say it's about, oh, I don't know, probably about 15 stories tall or something like that. And uh, it's a monument, obviously. It's about the founder. Right. Right? Yeah. And I don't know the story of the founder. They didn't care, just so you know, because apparently the cool thing you can do is walk all the stairs up on the inside and go to the top. Right? Uh-huh. They did it the day before with the 87% humidity. Yeah, fuck that. They got there early. I wasn't there to check in the room yet, so that they couldn't get in. That, that was that. Well, they did that. And they said, let me tell you, worst experience in my life. She's a historian. And I was like, so what'd you learn? She goes, it doesn't matter. I learned that after I went 10 stories up, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> right? And at that point, we went to the right. top for posterity's sake. Right. And I, was, I was laughing my ass off. So I'm sitting there making wisecracks because I'm like, really, the founder of downtown Indianapolis? Is that really the, the, the farmer who rode his horse into an open field and said, this will be good for commerce? I mean, right. what could he have right. done? I'm profoundly curious, haven't looked it up. So anyway, why that's important, later on, I'm retelling this story, right? Uh, we're at first watch. I happen to mention it, and uh, it's no big deal. And, and, and I overhear this other group who did the same experience. I'm sitting with Dom. We're enjoying the breakfast, and I hear this dad tell his daughter, you know, the founder of Indiana was a guy who decided that we needed cash crops in America, and he knew that. And, and he grew tobacco and corn. And he had a vast amount of land, and the land was very good for it, and thus there was enough money, thus he could profit and found the area. Right. And so they paid a monument to him. And I was like, that seems logical sense. I'm no historian. I did not look it up. I kept it as is. Right. But it wasn't to the point where I, where I started listening, and I hear this kid ask, well, we don't eat corn, so why would it, be, why would it make money? And I'm waiting for dad to jump all over this, right? <laughs> right? The kid couldn't be older than maybe 11 at best. And I'm like, what's he going to tell him? This guy's a trooper. And he's like, well, you can use corn for fuel. Uh, there's PLC plastic that they use in 3D, in 3D printing for corn, blah, blah, blah. And I overhear it. And I'm like, cool. He kind of knows what he's talking about. I know some of that. That's cool. And uh -huh. he says, the one thing I never want to hear again. He says, and you also eat a lot of corn, so it helps you poop, you know, like we do. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, Why, what? What? <laughs> Just a weird thing, right? <laughs> Just a weird comment. So now I'm imagining this farmer uh, was like big into, I don't know, using the bathroom. And it brings <laughs> me back to the cereal shitter. <laughs> and I start thinking that maybe Indiana has like a Hills Have Eyes family that's on this Orwellian farm. Remember I said hell is real? Right. And it's like eight miles plus of nothing but corn. And then another nine and a half miles of dairy slash cornfield. And in the back, there's these silos and massive just warehouses of farm equipment and whatever they're doing. And I'm picturing this descendant walking around riding a gigantic sow with tusks, right? <laughs> with this cowboy head on, just, just surveying the land, critiquing workers and shucking corn and putting raw tobacco in his mouth and tasting the viscosity of it and making sure it matches up to his expectation. And he graciously allows BP Amico to open a gasoline station on his own land so oh, others yeah, can dude. profit. You got it, right? <laughs> so I'm just in my own world with that. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of it with the founder. And the pool's done. Right. So we get out of the pool and uh, we, we go, right? And uh, no big deal. Day is not dull. You're on vacation. You kind of right. want a little downtime. Yep. If nothing's going on, just mellow out, right? Right. So 
I can't say how I mellowed out, but I will say there was a method used. Right. And it worked better than the pain pills. To a pleasant surprise. Yeah, just a massage or something like that. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right, yeah. It was a massage so good that it was like I was a glow. Yeah, right. For for yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah, it's you know, no big deal. No pain. You're good, yeah. right? And you can infer from that what you will. So, um, but it made me very creative. So now I'm in my own head and I'm as most massages will. Absolutely. Absolutely. As most <laughs> massages will. And I and I want to talk more, right? I want to engage more now. And I'm suddenly not as I guess anxiety ridden about strangers. I just, you know, hey, how's it going? I want to have that. And you gotta understand Dom's a smoker, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So he's gone for stretches of time and he has to traverse Hell's elevator. Right. Dodge the serial shitter and not get lost or stuck out in the stairwell that only goes down. Right? There's right. there's a bunch of pitfalls you gotta avoid. So here's me just outside of the room and here and you see the gamers go by. Right? Yep. And one gamer goes by and he's he's wearing a Chewbacca outfit. And I'm trying to think because, you know, I'm 36, and I want to say Star Wars came out probably early, late 70s, something like that. The first Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, 70, late, uh, 79 maybe. I don't, I don't know. Right, I'm right. Not, yeah. I, I was born in 78, you know, and I remember seeing the theater with my dad when I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Right. Right? But p- this, these people are acting like it just got released. Right. Right? Like a cult. Yeah, well, that's because it's the, the cult of Star Wars, yeah. Right. It's, it's that, and he's sure. committed... Because it's hot as fuck, and he's wearing a Chewbacca outfit. And bless them. That's oh, uh, bless yes. Them. Let alone the stormtroopers, right. and they have a mama stormtrooper, a daddy stormtrooper, uh, stormtrooper junior, and baby stormtrooper. Yeah, I always thought it was the most fucked up that con season is definitely summer. Yeah, and cosplaying and con season coincide, and every one of these people. <laughs> are dying in these fucking costumes, but man, do they stick with it? Bucket they sweat, fucking dedicated. They, they are champions, right? I don't even like wearing like a like two shirts. <laughs> I'm just fucking. If I have to wear pants, I'm done. Because you're gross, right? Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, at the convention center downtown Indiana, to get anywhere, you're walking all over downtown. There's events in various hotels you got to get to. Um, so, and I and I tracked it one year. It was one day's walking, and this is just going to the bazaar and whatnot. We did 11 and a half miles. Yeah. Easy. And that's one day. Right. Or that's not even one day. That was just to the bazaar. Then you're up on your feet walking, because you go to the game, and then you go to the bar. Right. Maybe get something to eat. And the so. convention center's huge. Yeah, massive. They even renovated to extend, what is it, uh, four blocks? Yeah. It's, is it, what it they, takes they, up. It's, they, t- they tore down the old stadium. Right. And they took all that space and basically built... An extension out of that convention center. Right. And the convention center was big to begin with. Yes. <laughs> but, but now it's huge. And, they, and, they, and it's a show. It's yeah. a show. Um, this year, I didn't go in it. I didn't. There were so many people. No. That's... Yeah, I was watching videos of like when they opened up the, uh, the convention center to the public on right. Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday morning. And it was just a sea of fucking people. Just a ton of people. I mean, last year they had... I mentioned this earlier, but last mm-hmm. year they had like fifty six thousand people, and it's grown every single year. It non it's it's big bank for that town. Yeah, and obviously because they renovated a building yeah, for it. Twenty thirteen, they brought in fifty million dollars over the course of that weekend. Made the paper profit. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I was uh, like this year on Facebook. It was in the you know uh, you know how they like they kind of redesigned Facebook, and on the right side, if you're on a computer, they have all the news and shit. Right, it was it was in that, 
all three days it was in that. So, and that, that was the first time I saw that. So, so I was thankful because um, about about me not going to conventional, having to go, because uh, Chris Tyke. Well, back this up. I hung out with Chance the night before I left. You know, save a little money, do a little laundry at his place, and hang out. And I haven't hung out with him in a long time and just chill. And he was like, "Can you look for some stuff for me?" Blah blah blah. Gave him a little shit like I always do. He's like, "Yeah, man, no problem." So I knew I had to go. Yeah. Uh, Chris was down there, and I, he texted me. He's like, can you look for this stuff? And he goes to the booth. He's like, this shit ain't here. Yeah, th- there was a book that was launched right. for uh, Battletech that yep. he wanted. Yeah, And he was there when it opened, right. and it was gone. Because we're not the fanatics that, you know, people call us geeks at home believing we're the worst. Yeah, no, but that said, you guys have two bookshelves or a bookshelf in your room. It's five shelves high stacked with all these books, and it's about six, six, one. Right. And about five foot wide. Right. It's, it's a lot of books. Right. Be that as it may. Yeah. That's commitment. That's a hobby. But that was over what? Since we've been 14. Oh, yeah. That, that, right? those, those the books, the DVDs, the fucking whatever we have that that's a collective collection that started in early right. teen years. Right. That, that's that's, you know, 15 years plus of collecting. Just getting it done and then just right. keeping track of it. And. I realize that we're we're the fucking cool kids when we get there. Right, we're the we 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 are like the fringies. We're we're barely dorks. Right. <laughs> in, in comparison to a lot of these people, we're we're like the called chameleon dorks. Right. We can compete in your arena and we share the hobby, but we don't live it. Right. No, right. It's, we have other hobbies that that's you know accentuated <laughs> by that. So you know, my back hurts. Chris looks; it's not there. That sucks. He looks again; mm-hmm. can't find it, and he just—it's not there. And then I start seeing the faces, he, the pictures he's putting on Facebook. Yeah, it was too dense in that building. Oh yeah. Remember how you used to be able to sit on the floor near the wall and relax? Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Right. Right. And I was like, that. There's no. There's nowhere to do it. Right. I, I saw the 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 lobby. Um, somebody again. I don't remember who, but somebody posted a picture of like an overhead view of the lobby where those fucking, uh, those like spiral staircases are. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And it was just fucking, it was like wall-to-wall people. Like, there there might as well have been like, you know, Crocodile Dundee oh, yeah. hanging off at a street sign. There were so many people. And you're hearing the stories of what uh, Gen Con had to do. Now, everybody just heard Nate talk about the renovation, all that money they dumped into it to make it bigger. It's not big enough. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's going to keep They had to rent. Why, why my hotel had a game room and they rent it out is because Gen Con rented it out. Right. Said, we need your game rooms. These people need to either A, host events or just have places they can use the stuff they bought and decide if they want to buy more. Right. Right. That's the whole purpose of the four days. Yeah. And so every hotel is built that way. Yeah. And they had to spread them out. So, and people were livid. Yeah. They're not livid because they had to walk anywhere or use whatever. They're livid because there's not enough room for there to be getting the merchandise they want because the whole reason you go to the bazaar it's not just the displays or what might be promoted it's because you're getting books months before they're released right some won't even get released after this point yeah they did just like special gen con releases and shit like that and a bit geeked them here crying in my milk i like to talk about the business of it a little bit we're talking these uh people decide to make a business and it's booming about these game books and hobbies they're dealing with hardback books right Right. So they got some decent overhead having to lug these books here for them to buy it. Well, a little site called Drive Through RPG terminated. Honestly, anybody having to go and buy it because you can order the PDF, welcome to technology, right. get on your Kindle or your Surface or whatever tablet or whatever, even your smartphone, yep. you can access it on and your OneDrive or your Google Docs, wherever you have it stored. And you could use this stuff and access it whenever. So, and right. usually 
if you get the PDF, it's not the 40 or 50 bucks you'd pay for it there. It's like eight bucks. Yeah, it's a smaller, smaller cost. And yeah, you get it sure. immediately. Right. Right. So I talked to a guy who's a, who's a bookseller who said it's his last year. Right. He, he can't do it anymore. Because he can't afford it. Exactly. Yeah, He's yeah. going to have to close his, his game store where uh, I think he said it was in Arizona. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where he had it. And I was like, that sucks, bro. And he's just a drinking. Right. Right. It's the first time I ever been to any hotel. I thought these gamers don't party. Oh, they get down. We just weren't. (laughs) They get down, son. (laughs) Like every night we were there, there were stacks of empty cases of beer, uh, Riesling wine, empty mead bottles, Strongbow. Like we're talking, you need to be an alcoholic vendor in these hotels and you'll make bank. Yeah, booze pretty much transcends any kind of social. uh, Doesn't matter because we all know one thing. Doesn't matter the shape you're in at Gen Con, the more you drink. And your fantastical imagination, the better he or she will look. Yeah, right. And he has, he or she has her own hotel room. Right. So when you have your little tryst, you can drunkenly leave and not have coyote arm in the morning. Yeah, I've never, we've never, uh, our group's never really gotten down with the the con uh, tail. The we don't tame strange at the con because there's no. I gotta say it because you're never sure. No, no, absolutely not. Nine times out of ten, they are either so corpulent. So you feel more sympathy for them than it's like, let's get it. You can't. Yeah, no. All right? And I have some friends. You know me. I'm, I'm incredibly picky, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way. And, or the new, remember I said generational? Mom and dad think nothing of their daughter walking around in anime clothing. Right. Short school girl skirt and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, showing off what she has. And she just developed letting her walk around around these desperate creeps <laughs> who can do nothing but circle the bazaar yep. looking for her. And they're hoping mom and dad just go away for a little while. Yep. And they could show her what fantasy's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to, to steal a phrase, Uncle Touchy's puzzle basement is yep. live yep. and thriving here, yep. right? Absolutely. And, uh, so when you get, and I knew that that was going to be there, but I didn't have to go to the bazaar to see that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's it's expelled out of the. It's all over, and yep. Indiana is pissed. There's, <laughs> oh my! There were guys who got drunk and were sitting on the corner with the homeless, literally heckling people coming by in costumes, like trying to start shit. And a cop had to come over and tell them, "Look, get the fuck away. This is they're bringing in business." So you have a town. Right. Because corn's not selling little nine-year-old daddy lied. Right. Okay, that's just how it goes. And uh, But despite that, we saw Chewbacca, the stormtroopers, and then I get a text from Chris, and he tells me, there's a ripped-ass dude walking around as Leonidas. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, there's not. Not at all. Yes, there is. And I realized that gamers have transcended another area bodybuilding yeah (laughs) no lie yeah no there was more meatheads at this place than i ever saw it's like once he told me that i'm actually paying attention to who's wearing the four-day gamer pass and who's playing these games right and i'm looking there are some swole dudes just getting down playing his level 20th orc fighter hoping that he gets to conquer a dragon today or four and he could do it because if not he's gonna beat the shit out of the game master you know it's gonna happen that's the cool thing about um, how all this has developed is that, you know, when I when I first got into gaming, and not to say that I'm by any means like an old school gamer, not at but all. for us, we're old school. You yes. know, I, we started collectively probably in the early 90s. I'm wearing a Pulp Fiction shirt. Right. So we're, we're, we're 
of our generation were quote unquote old school. Right. When we started, at least when I started, there was still that stereotype of like, uh, you live in your mom's basement and you're you know fat and with your acne and all right. that shit. But it's it's blown up. Like it doesn't matter that that like I I was saying in one of the previous things that I recorded, like we won. Not like, to absolutely to back that up. I always like to defend this. My my good my, my buddy Troy. I mean, we're we're good friends. We're close friends. It's a given. Um, but you know, he moving he's moving to San Diego for the second time. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand. I don't brag about his income or anything like that. But I will just say he is well off, and right. he earned every bit of it. Right? He worked hard for it, and he has it. He's not the only gamer who's not. I said this before, but Troy is a good looking guy. Has wealth, you know, and he's generous, and he's a lifer for Gen Con. He was yeah. he was born. He, there, since his birth, he has not missed a year, legitimately. Met his, his mom parents and dad. go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's second generation. Absolutely, <laughs> he's he's golden with it, and he's he's not the rare, you know. So, but with this community, there is a reason for stereotypes. They're alive. Yeah, though for sure. The 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 fat, smelly, disgusting. Yeah, that's real. Oh, I gotta tell you this. So I have my back's in agony, and I have to tough out this half mile. Um, because as you can imagine, had knee surgery in January. I'm out five weeks for that. I get back to work. I'm there for a week and a half. I'm out for eye surgery. I'm supposed to only be out 10 days. I'm actually out a total of three months because they have to let that heal up. And then they had to go in and do it again in the same yeah, eye, right? right? Still can't see out of it, but it's your health. You got to do what you got to do. The fall that caused the knee surgery is what fucked up my back. And I w- didn't know. Because I'm only able to work out once a week, and doing stretch rehab isn't really going to keep your core where it needs to be. Right. Bottom line, I'm, I'm on the road to recovery, but it's a long one. So I'm like, I got a choice. I got these pain pills, and I could either start my physical therapy now in the hopes I get back to work sooner, or I could just sit around and loaf and hope God heals me. You know, come on. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to tough it out. You know, it's not going to kill me. I'm walking, and I'm in agony, whatever, and I'm just walking. And I see this guy, and I'm telling you that I, Nate, I believe in God. <laughs> and I'm telling you why. I'm thinking I'm, I'm sweating, nobody else is, the humidity's gone, it's a gorgeous day out. I'm in pain, I'm a little doped up from the codeine, you know, and I'm like, man, I have to be on codeine. A little down on yourself, it's hard not to be. And I'm walking with Dom, and he's just a buzzing around me. Can, it's, imagine a mastodon walking down the street, and his hummingbird buddy's just zipping around talking the whole time. Right. Just, to, you know, because it's his buddy, and that's what you do. You don't abandon your friends. And then I look, and there's the fattest human being I've seen. I've seen. He took a cab from a hotel across the street, which I believe is the Hilton from the Sheridan. Mm-hmm. He drives up to get out at the uh, pharmacy that we were by. Tells the cab to wait, goes in the pharmacy, got something. Then he gets in the cab. He meets us at the corner of the block and gets out. And I'm like, okay, this guy's going to kill a little little poundage. He's going to do the walk wherever he has to go because the convention center is beyond where our hotel is. Cool. Good on him. And, um, you know, I'm actually, you know, feeling for this guy. Hey, do it, man. It'll get better because I was there. <laughs> this guy is riding around instead of taking a taxi. He, instead of a horse, you know, anyway, it's basically the Chinese-themed taxi. Right, the it's rickshaw? Man, yeah, it's man-powered, right. right? So he bikes up, girl hops off. This big guy goes, oh, wait a second. And he hops in it. <laughs> the guy riding the bike's like, what? And he, and he can't do nothing about it. And the guy's like, here's 20 bucks, get to pedaling. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Dominic was like, damn. 
I'm just laughing. And everybody, every, it was on everybody's mind. Like, dude, get the fuck out. Right. There's a chick with crutches who's doing it. You, you, no shame. No. At all. No. And I was like, well, you know, you can get what you pay for, right? And, uh, you know, just all sorts of characters. Then to advance it, you know, we eventually it's game time. We're at game, and uh, it goes as you can expect. One of these guys wanders in. What I mean by one of these guys, do you remember the two people we had to kick out for being on drugs? Yeah, vaguely, but yes. At game, yes. right? I do like, remember that situation. Do what you want to do recreationally beforehand, no judgment, but we're kind of responsible for the safety of everybody's agreed upon yeah. rules while you're there. So the simple situation was we get wind that they're on something, but they don't seem drunk. We talk to them, they don't come clean, but they're not coherent, right? Right. And they're kind of creeping people out and being inappropriate, so we just booted them. We did it quietly. They were cool with it. One of those guys comes back this year, and I'm st- sitting at the desk with Bailey, and you could smell his dragon breath from over eight feet away. Okay? <laughs> right. So, like, his teeth are rotting in his head. Right. So. And he's sauced. Yeah. And I'm looking at her, and she goes, do we take his ticket? And like any businessman, I said, we can't pass judgment. I don't know if he only had one drink and he just has bad halitosis or what. So we'll just we'll let it ride. You know, I will trust the system, trust the process. So she takes his ticket and everything. And she looks at me. She goes, Bob, I know I'm new. He's done. He's cooked. There's no way. We'll, we'll hear him out. We'll hear him out. I talked to him. This dude is drunk. Yeah. He's drunk. And I had a choice to make legitimately. He has his car keys still. He doesn't have a friend in sight. And, you know, he tells me, you know, I parked downstairs. You know, I understand I did this last year, too. You know, if I got to leave, can you just walk me out and blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, I'll talk to you again. Well, I remember last year. I want everyone to think about this clearly. Last year, I was authoritative. Mm-hmm. I explained politely why they had to leave and what they were doing. They were embarrassed. Him and his friend left. Right? A year ago to the day, here he is again, inebriated, and he doesn't care as much about playing the game as getting me to take him outside so I can talk to him and give him a pep talk. Right. Right? I was heartbroken. I was like, man, that's hell. Right. You know, no matter how bad my life is or my health, I wasn't waiting a year to have some guy basically boot me to have a kind word told to me. Right. So I get to talking to him, and I, you know, I learned, you know, more than maybe I should have listened to, put on the therapy at. And I was like, look, man, here's the deal. Get your shit together. You don't need alcohol. You know, get your teeth right because I'm a dick. And no matter how low you are, I could still kick you for having fucking butter teeth. So, you know, figure it out. I'm just saying, you know, that's part of your problem. And, uh, you know, I was like going, but I'm being straight up with you because we're men. And I believe being honest and forth with you, and that's the only way it's going to work. And he tells me, he goes, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit up here, and, you know, can you hang on to my keys? And I was like, what? And he goes, you know, I thought I was going to drive home and whatever, but you're right. I got to get my shit together. Will you do the cool thing and just hang on to my keys, basically? I was like, yeah, give me your keys. And he sits out there, and he's drinking water, and he's sobering up, and, you know, he disappears for a while. Cool. Comes back, and he's cool and whatever, and I'm, I'm like, it's been about four hours. He seems all right. And I'm no medic, and I'm also not his dad. Right. So, and I don't know him. No, not at all. Only, so, only previously from kicking him out of a game. Right. It's like giving him his keys, and he's cool. And then I see his friend at the end of the hallway. And I've never seen... It, it's evil is the best way I could talk about it. His friend, you can tell, is, a, is the druggy type. Right. You know what I mean? Just a, just a soul-sucking parasite. And he knows better than to come up here, and he sees me, and he just ducks out of the way, and then this guy gets a text message, and he leaves. 
I don't say anything, right? I don't say anything to Troy. I don't say anything to anybody. I don't want to ruin anybody's time. I don't want to alarm anybody. But I'm thinking to myself, hurt back or not, I may have to fuck somebody up. Right. Just because it's like, you know, to me, it's personal. I just talked to this guy. He's a good kid. Um, and, and not to air anything, but just imagine you lost your job back to back because of failing drug tests. Right. Right. And wow, he's got nobody. Put it out of my mind, whatever. And I guess he sobers up. He joins us uh, for, the, for the last night and what have you. It seems to be okay. So that's the good story ending, right? Right. But that's not the end of the weird. Do you remember the cart the hotel rolled around? Right, the cart with like the goodies and shit. Yeah, the, and the stuff chips yeah. and the soda. Like we got like you know the ten gallon drums of ice cold water yeah. filled with ice the whole night. This guy comes around with the cart, and uh, he's like going, "Yeah, you want you want to you want a drink?" And I'm like, ah, "I could have a Mountain Dew, whatever. I'll burn that off walking around or whatever, just being here." And uh, I had an eight, so sure. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be uh, ten dollars cash only." <laughs> Get the fuck out of here for a can of Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. You understand my M.O. Like, Dom and Troy knew my back hurts. They're doing everything they can to get me to not be on my feet. They're like, fuck that. You walked here. Sit down. People can come to you to hear you talk. That's it. So don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But, you know, right nothing. You're able to walk as you are because you're on medication. Right. Don't push it. Okay. So I'm by this cart because I had to use the bathroom. I look at him. Ten bucks. And I'm trying to get something to drink for Dominic. Right to be nice, get something for Troy because they're up and running. And normally we have Melissa. Melissa's like our medic, my right. medic anyway. You know, she takes care of us, runs around, do whatever. That's why I love her. You know, she's she's truly loves us. So that's the idea. She's not there. You know, cause she had stuff to do this year. So the first year, you know, and that sucked. And uh, so I'm like, cool. What'd she do? Be polite. And this guy's like, hey, hey, all right, not ten bucks. Uh, how about five bucks? And then a bag of chi- bag of chips or pretzels. You can get that for six. And I'm staring at him. <laughs> like, not only are you a shyster, you're a shitty one. You can't do math. Right. I won't pay 10 bucks cash for a Mountain Dew 20 ounce. I'm not going to pay fucking 11 bucks for the chips I didn't even want. Right. You're stupid. Go away. I go to Tom, and I'm like, man, just take my credit card. Go grab us something to drink when you get an opening. He goes, yeah, man, I got you. Don't worry about it. And I take over a little bit of what he had to do. He's gone for like a half hour. Comes walking back and he's like, "You won't, you won't believe this. They won't take a credit card for payment." The hell you say? I, I we stayed here for many a year. Right. Go right to the desk. Right. Go to the commissary. This is, this is which hotel? This is the Crown Plaza yeah, hotel. The Crown Plaza. The one it's, with the trail cars yeah, in it. Yeah. The 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 classic Crown Plaza that's built out of the train station. Yeah, absolutely. It's a cool place. They also have a pool. Yep. Right. It's yep. it's cool as hell. Excuse me. So anyway. Uh, you know, he goes again, and this time he goes to the bar area. Now, you remember that place that did have a bar down below, right? You walk over the overpass in the hotel, and there's those gigantic ballrooms, and you can walk down the stairs, and you're basically in the old train station they converted to meeting rooms, right? Yeah. That you could have the giant room. Well, they had one bar that's open, and apparently there's another fucking bar now in the joint. And I'm floored. Dom comes up with, like, you know, in a cup, some soda, and they sold him a Red Bull and a bottle of water. Yeah. And he yeah. got some for himself. But nothing else. You can't go to the front desk and get it anymore. Um, not, not Apparently, after a certain time, they won't sell it to you. Because they used to have a little concessions booth. that Yeah, they still had it because when it was light out, we hit that going up. They took my credit card fine, but yeah. they wouldn't when he went down. And it's because they got this cart going around pushing cash. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So you see the seedy side of what good business, you know, if right. it's booming, all sorts, right. right? Well, and then my question is, do the actual management staff know that this is happening, or is this some fucking, yeah, like, <laughs> are we, you know, like, trying to, like, skim, yeah. you know, basically, like... Hire the wrong people? Right, because right. <laughs> all it takes is, you know, a floor manager and three people that all have a plan yep. to go, okay, uh, we'll just say that the credit card machine went down, here's all the money accounted for, and here's our split, because yep. we're selling fucking Mountain Dews for $10. <laughs> Absolutely. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Total scam. Um, but I digress. We get done with the, uh, oh, the third, this is the second night, winds down to a close. We go back to meeting in the game area at the Sheridan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking, and uh, Alyssa goes, you know, your buddy was kind of just creeping around. I was like, who? You remember that asshole I mentioned? The blonde Camarillo organization yeah, guy? Yeah, from, from night one. Right. And now why he's an asshole, because we're being stalked by him. He literally, I vaguely remember him being at the game, but I figured it's because he, he bought a ticket, he took the ride. Right. I just didn't get to see him because he was in a different genre dealing with something else. And I was busy entertaining like 40-plus right. other people. It's, it's fucking impossible to keep track of people when you're, when you're running a game. Exactly. And uh, so it turns out, no, a lot of people confirmed because we got the crowd that came with us. Like, no, that guy was everywhere. And they all know who we're talking about. Lo and behold, speak the devil and he shall appear. He shows up again with the same notebook. Now, I want you to know what bothers me. You ever meet someone and don't pass judgment, you know, they kind of put you on edge, but you relax, whatever. And you're like, assume the positive, just whatever. Right. And cool. And like I said, he wasn't disrespectful, just different. Gamer forward or happy to meet people who share the same hobby. So he got the benefit of the doubt. He, we extended the offer. That was fine. And he had this notebook at the time. Okay. We see him again with the same notebook downstairs, and he's doesn't say anything. He's just staring at us, and he's just watching us talk, mm-hmm. or hearing us talk, watching what we're doing. And he has a pencil out or whatever, and he's just jotting down notes. I don't care right. what he's getting from. I really don't. I'm not my business. Right. But I am concerned that he was stalking the game, right? Like, okay, cool. Come watch, come see. But it doesn't take all night. And people definitely saw him at night afterward, you know? Right. I'm like, uh, who knows? Again, don't pass judgment. It's also Gen Con. I will willingly admit to everybody, the freaks come out at night at Gen Con. You never do know, right? Right. And also you get those real introverted guys who feel these four days are the only days they can be extroverted. And so the normal line they would normally just have to belly up to and be normal, they overdo it. Yep. Right? Yep. So I'm thinking this could be that situation, right? So that means, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Well, this is fool me twice. Keep that in mind. Night three after stalker incident. Which is Saturday, right? Right. Um, Well, this was was Thursday and night, night two was Friday and now we're on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So Saturday is when we woke up. That's when I already talked about it. Troy to kink in his neck. I share a little codeine. We we drink. Everybody's fine. And we decided to play this kick-ass card game called Gloom. Now, for those of you who don't know about Gloom, uh, one, it's a card game. Now, with gamers, it's not poker. Okay? It's not solitaire. Uh, these games have uh, different designs and artwork, all shapes and sizes, and a whole different set of rules. But Gloom is based around you got to tell a story, Right? And the story is, is that you have four char- a family of four in front of you, and they're all fairy tale characters, right? From like, you know, what am I thinking? Like, not Grimm's fairy Well, similar to Grimm's fairy tales, like Cinderella, mm-hmm. Pokio, Pinocchio, Pokio. Pokio. That's the latest <laughs> Pokemon I'm making, yeah, you know? Pokio. I'm bringing it back, you know, that's it. So, um, but they're out there, and you got to tell their story. 
But the goal of gloom is you got to ruin their lives and kill them. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's a thinking twist. Now, gloom doesn't just... You don't just play a card and they're dead. That'd be boring. The game starts off after you get your family of four. You then have to tell, in a creative way, the worst part of your day so far. Right. Because only the person who has the shittiest day gets to go first. <laughs> That's how it works. Now, understand, I woke up, had an excellent massage. Right. And was feeling amazing. Um, Self-massage, it's good, you know, and I don't mean that in the... Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, okay. Not the care of the dolphin way, you know. Right. Dolphins are great in their porpoises, and they have a place in life. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm saying. So, so I'm feeling great, and uh, for once, I got the, I fell asleep on my back, and I just realized it. And for those of you who don't know, I've been trying forever to do it, just to help my back out, fall asleep on my back, and I'm in the most agony at that point. I was so exhausted, so out of it, and had the pain pills that when I laid back, I was gone. I, it's like I fell into a dream. But you wake up suddenly, right? And I'm like a gigantic turtle when I wake <laughs> up because my body's like, yeah, why? Yeah, uh, where am I? You know, fish out of water. So I'm in a great mood. I don't have a bad word to say, right? Right. I woke up feeling good. Uh, took the shower, felt even better. Everybody else was up and running. Dom woke up, ready to go to breakfast. I didn't have to kick nobody awake. The sun was out. The day was good. All my, you know, all the good stuff's flowing in the brain that should. And the elevator didn't take 18 minutes to get there, and nobody pooped in it. <laughs> so it was good, and no Otis. You know, nothing creepy happened. Right. We're like, oh, awesome. And so we go down to the basement uh, after breakfast, and nothing exciting at breakfast, so we won't talk about it. And uh, there we are in the basement again, and we're playing this kick-ass game, Gloom. And Chris Tyke is like the magical fairy of mayhem. Because he goes, hey, guys, you know what goes great with a morning meeting? Well, afternoon. We're on vacation. This hotel has a bar. I'll be right back. <laughs> and he takes Alyssa and he takes Karen. Or, uh, why can't she kill me? Brittany. And uh, Brittany's on staff. And for those of you who don't know Brittany, great person, a bit introverted, highly intelligent. Just she, she, takes, she keeps to herself usually. Really hard for her to open up until she gets used to you. And when she does, you got to pay attention to her, her sly comments. They're usually hysterical, right? One of right. those types. She goes, goes to the bar. We're sitting there. Troy's feeling amazing, right? And he's now just making heckling, straight heckling cards, right? Mm -hmm. he's, ma he's making Cinderella out to be some pimped out whore, all this stuff. Just laughing, right? Right. And Chris Vickers is reading the rules. And Chris is his buddy from California on staff as well. And uh, they come back, and we're like, we're ready to do this gloom game. Right. So we think, by far and large, it's probably going to be Troy who has a hurt neck who had a bad day, right? Right. Makes sense? Because everybody else is feeling pretty good. Well, as it turns out, Dom tries to point out a bad day. And, why, and I'm laughing because, you know, it, I don't even remember what he said because it didn't rate. He was making an attempt to make his day seem horrible. Right. But it couldn't have been. Mine was amazing. It couldn't have been that bad. The worst thing is that he was sleeping on the floor in a hotel. But it was free because we were on staff, so you really can't complain. Right. <laughs> right? So it's hard to do that. So anyway, um, it gets to Brittany. Right. And Brittany pay paints a tale of torment. Now, uh, like I said, Troy's cool. She's staying in a room with Troy. Now, Troy has been living on a steady diet of steak and shake, fries. White Castle. And White Castle Crave Case. And because it was 75 bucks and there was tons of leftovers, unheated White Castle the night before he went to bed, 
he woke up in a world of hurt that only non-vets can talk about, right? <laughs> That's what it is. Now, he woke up in such a hurt in the middle of his, of his dream sleep that he had to use the bathroom that he rushes to go to the bathroom and kicks Brittany, apparently, in the head. And uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, in the ribs, to me, which is worse. Like, accidentally clipping the head, eh. In the ribs. Like, you wake up because someone's curb stopping you right out of nowhere. <laughs> then he goes to the bathroom, and he does what nature says, but he fouls the bathroom, right? So she says... And we're sitting there laughing her ass off, right? It's roomies. It happens. And then, and then she goes, but that's not the worst part. We're like, what? It's like, well, normally you remember to, you know, get rid of it. <laughs> and he was like, oh, shit. So apparently Troy hopped in the shower. A shit so bad you had to shower afterward. And so foul that you, while clean, you had to leave and hurry up and dry to get away from the smell so it don't cling to you. We've all been there. You know what I mean? So fantastic, hysterical to me. So anyway, sh- nonetheless, she goes first. Right? Right. Then we're playing the game. But as you can imagine, we're drunk. We're a bit lit, feeling good. And we're now the loudest people of anyone in the game room, and it's only 3.30 in the afternoon. Right? No, I'm sorry. It's about 2 at this point. And we played the 3.30. Right. It's a fast game. Uh, but to put it in perspective, you have to tell creative stories for every horrible card you lay on top of them because it's negative points wins, not positive. Right? Okay. So to put in perspective, Pinocchio got turned into a toad, apparently one round. That's a card. Who knows why? Just someone hates Pinocchio. Um, gets gang raped by a bear. That's, that's a situation. Um, a situation I don't want. And then was forced to eat parental purloin por- parental poison parental porridge meant for the Goldilocks and the three bears. Consequently, the bears would probably rape Pinocchio. So he's had a <laughs> shit life. And we're all just working to kill this guy. Because Brittany has the other three in her table dead, and only it only ends when you kill him. And gamer law, you can't stop a game. Doesn't matter what she had going on. You committed, finish it. Right. So fuck what anybody says about commitment from gamers. We're diehard. Right. You finish what you start. So lo and behold, we eventually give Pinocchio the rest he needs, and the game's over. And we're also all laughing. But what we didn't notice was the stalker. <laughs> right everybody's Come coming down circle. right right it's 3 30 and he's in the back corner of our own hotel we're not even sure if he stays here but he's got our timing down and i'm like man this guy might be al-qaeda <laughs> i'm not certain you know maybe his angles gamers now and we're like he's gonna go to the convention and what a better place to get rid of millions of people right right well maybe a little dark for you but i'm joking right yeah yeah um, absolutely this guy's just fucking weird he's a creep yeah, you know fucking weird <laughs> so we go to game the third night and i don't know what's going on other than we're, t- we're telling a great story we got to plot it in i had to give a little speech uh, well a necessary speech in the beginning about rules again remind people what they are because folks are getting a little butthurt about some things and be polite and you know just don't point anyone out and keep the ball going right. And you've been there. I'm yep. good doing those. I have years doing experience doing it. Absolutely. Everybody's happy with it. And I get a lot of pats in the back for thanking you for saying that. And, you know, and then I got a couple of people. I hope it wasn't me. So it's like guilty conscience, huh? Yeah. So um, it goes and we're having fun. And I'm watching these Faye players. And I remember what I said about fist fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but I got to re-stress it. When you see one guy who year after year, every time he's here, is wearing fake elf ears, is a little effeminate. And he's happy to be throwing sprinkles on everyone. All of a sudden, get chucked in a chair by another guy who was always happy-go-lucky. I don't know what is going on, right? Right. We never know. 
Now, right. I want you to know, I apologize that staff sucks this much on this end. We never discussed uh, bouncing and what that would look right, like. you never really had to worry about at that. At all. Why would you? You know, right. it's like... It's a game. People come and have fun. And 16 years we've been doing this. I've never seen it. Right. Right? So that happened, and it, and it quickly shook hands, and it was the heat of the moment. They were passionate. That I have seen. Yeah. That's cool. That happens. No touch rule, guys. Just, just chill out with that. Okay. It goes on in the night, and about, I'd say, 11.45 p.m., another guy gets hurled. Same group. Two different people. It's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, you guys need to eat a bunch of pixie sticks and go back to jumping around and being annoying because, right. like, you know, annoying to me because I don't know what's going on. Fist fights. Right. You're having fun. I'm not. Go back to doing that. Right. And, you know, or at least your type of fun, right? Right. And uh, it turns out those two had to be asked to leave. So they leave. And, you know, I find out after the fact when we, when we debriefed at the end that they don't know why it happened. It was like a weird rage thing overcame the both of them. And they couldn't explain it. Now, to put it in perspective, one of the kids, I got the hint from talking to him, is like a modern-day primitive type. Uh-huh. You know, live off the land. He believes in being peaceable, do harm to none. Right. Uh, I think even said, some say he's a vegetarian even. He just doesn't harm anyone. And he plays changeling, so it's not dark. You know, keep right. it happy like him, and that's it. Positive vibes. Well, he's the one that almost decked the guy and shoved him instead that launched him, you know, far back, causing that guy, of course testosterone out of nowhere right you wouldn't yep. expect it to see him jumps up and was like gonna brawl and and paul removed both of them right and then afterward troy talked to him and they were like nah i don't i don't feel anything bad towards him i don't know why it happened and troy's like he to the moment i guess he's like yeah we're like what the fuck is going on and i blame it on steak and shake <laughs> let me explain they both disappeared and in 50 pace 50 paces away i counted when i did the duck walk i deliberately think that fight was picked so he could shit. <laughs> now, this is the guy he pushed. I think this guy antagonized him so he could go shit. It's the only thing that made sense to me. You know, because it's hard. You are you don't want to look bad. You don't want nobody to know what you got to do. Right. I'm the only weird guy who talks about it in a public forum because I think it's funny. And, uh, you know, whatever. And it's natural. Everybody does it. Shouldn't be embarrassed by it. But I think it was a private way to get out. And that was it. <laughs> because it doesn't make sense that you let... I don't shove you unless I'm angry at you. And if I'm angry enough to lay hands on you, there's something going on there. Right. And you leave for 15, 20 minutes, game's over, and you're back laughing and smiling. Everything's okay. I don't know what happened. Like nothing happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know what happened. The evil was released. Yeah. Okay. Steak and shake causes fights. That's all I'm saying. Boycott. <laughs> That's it. So, lo and behold, we get back to the hotel. Or at least they're going to this place called Clada. Now, we had a standing ovation from a full capacity crowd, almost the full meeting area Jesus was Christ. filled with all our players. And, you know, me and Troy are perfectionists, a little neurotic about that, and all staff's hoping we did a good job. And I'm looking at all the messages of all the shit people were doing. We were hopping. Right. Very busy time. Um, folks had an amazing time. It's literally the best LARP I've ever ran. And you know me. I did 106 LARP every Saturday for years, yep. right? Yep. And But this was like I could see happiness, a good time. Everybody was cool. Um, I had to leave the room. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm ruined. Think about it. Two to four hours of sleep every day, low nutrition, injured back. Yep. I'm a bear. Yeah, so you were fucked. And uh, I'm like, look, I'm not going anywhere where I can get alcohol and potentially ruin some friendships. I love you guys, but I got to go. Right. And Dom's like, yeah, cool. You're my boy. I'm going to stick with you. We'll just order some pizza. FYI, why we're ordering pizza is because it's not what? 
Steak and Shake. Exactly. And it's not fucking White Castle. Exactly. And we figured Indiana can't have that shitty of pizza because it's not that far away from Illinois. Yeah, but yeah, no. I see that, that this is the uh-huh. this is the one occasion where if I had been there, I probably would have been able to save you from that. That's correct. Um, but me and Dominic said there's two options. We're exhausted, right? We like heat dry, sweating all day, fucking yep. here on our feet the whole time. Plus it's late as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. And late as fuck, it's two thirty in the morning. And uh, by us being tired, we know we still got to debrief, but we're just following routine. Right. I didn't know that we were gonna say fuck it. We'll just go drink with with some with our fans. Apparently, uh, you know the the community or little social group here, and that's that. But the clot is like probably another quarter mile opposite direction. We don't know where it is. And we're like, uh, and plus, you don't know, we're looking back and forth, all that equipment, you know, yeah. it's, it's not just whatever. Um, if it was just us, we probably would have said F it and we would have done it. Chris Tykes a trooper and he was like, look, I'll drive you guys back because you look dead. Cool. He drove us back. We get out. We're in the basement after putting stuff up in the room. Guess who fucking walks in the room? Creepy McGee. Yeah. And Creepy McGee decides there's enough of an audience here. That I may now speak to you. <laughs> in the middle of me talking to Dom, and I detest being interrupted. Yeah. I don't like interrupting anyone else any more than I like it being interrupted. I am yep. not a tyrant. Yep. I just believe in courtesy. The fuck is wrong with my ass? So I stop because he comes over and he goes, hey, guys, I just want you to know you are the best at what you do. I've been all around the world. In this camera organization, 700 plus people, backed by White Wolf. I've been on staff. I've hosted events. I've done all this amazing stuff. By the way, he's about to tell us all about it. Yeah, and we didn't ask him. Yeah. And he goes, and you're simply the best. And he looks at me. I got to shake your hand. The fuck for? I literally said that. What the fuck for? <laughs> and he's like, I watched you, and, and people are just mesmerized when you talk. You literally took people, and you made them these fantasy characters they made up, and you reinvigorated them with whatever it is that they came to get, and you gave it in spades. Those are friends for life you made. I'm convinced that if you ever needed them, they're there. Right. And I was like, cool, I guess. Right? Because right. what else do you say? Well, and, and plus, it's a fucking stranger. You didn't ask to come over and comment on your, on your skills. It's cool to have somebody <laughs> do that, but at the same time, He's been stalking you for three exactly, days. Exactly. Thank you. It was like day one, and now it's creepy, right? Yeah. It's like, but I'm getting pissed, right? Right. Um, call it bad upbringing. I don't think so. I think I was courteous in day one, as we've been talking about this. Day two, I saw him, but he didn't intervene, so that's cool. Uh, day three, I'm now like, I don't have any patience for your ass. Right. And I'm sitting there at this table, and that voice in my head to kill him is vocal. I'm not saying it in my head anymore. I need, <laughs> I need to kill this guy. And he thinks I'm talking about game, right? Because you rehash the stories and people are sharing fun. And I'm like, I could just chop him in the fucking throat. Right. And no one's going to blame me. Everybody's drunk because they're after party. And it's like, these guys love me. They're not going to rat on me. Fucking, I'm pretty convinced in this hotel. You got shit stalkers. You have devilish elevators. There's probably got to be a body room I could leave it behind for a smooth 20 bucks. Get rid of it. Right. Who knows? Right. And this dude for the next hour and a half because he had to wait for the pizza to get there, it's just going on and on and on about these weird, wacky scenes and events and people and places that nobody gives a shit about. Right. Zero fucks were given. And now I realize we're drawing a crowd of people not that we don't know, because apparently 
you know us. Our whole crew is like, cool for you to sit down and talk, but the moment you're a dick, someone's going to tell you something. Right. And I found myself missing your ass. Of course. Because I'm like, you would have already popped, and he could have left here unscathed. I don't have to lay hands on him. And I'm like, I'm going to beat the shit out of this fucking guy and fuck it. And because I'm not saying it now, I know it's coming. And I'm like, that's cool. I can do it. It'll be explainable. Because it's insanity to have somebody sitting right in your peripheral. My whole body language is like, fuck off, dude. Dominic was sitting next to me, was cool, and went and got us some sodas or water, I think. Comes back downstairs. This dude's still running his mouth. Right. And so now I go to mocking him. Me and Chris Tyke are just making fun of everything he says in Afterthought. So to give an example, he's talking about some bloody vampire scene he ran where they took cherry Kool-Aid and had... He tells me to get a permit to use a guy's backyard, which is false, to take a silver tub and fill it with Kool-Aid, cherry Kool-Aid, and then taking photos of it. That he had to get it, you know, because people would think, you're a cult. I was like, I don't give a shit. No cop in the world gives a shit about you taking a Kool-Aid bath. Right. Nobody. Nobody. And I said that. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. The camera organization frowns upon doing anything vampiric. It's a game called Vampire the Masquerade. I think they're okay with that. Right. And he's like, no, you got to do it. It's like, I think you're an idiot. <laughs> and he acts like an insane shit. So Chris Tyke's like, you're a fucking moron, dude. Well, dude, fuck. He keeps talking. Everyone else is spellbound because gamers don't deal with aggression. Right. And now it's like, you're sitting here and this dude, and I'm like, I'm an intellectual guy. I don't have to beat him up because he's an idiot. Right. So now I'm going to match him on his level. He's like, I know all this gamer knowledge. He goes, I was playing a werewolf, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what is this, the Odyssey? <laughs> Were you killing giants in the high seas too? Were you the one who stabbed Loki in the eye and saved Thor? Was that you? What else didn't you do? And he's like, what? Oh, let me tell you the tale of how I almost died. Literally said that shit. And I was like, no one cares. No, Zero fucks are given. And then it's like, you know, and I'm not like shouting in his face. Right. But I am saying it. He's right by me. I know he can hear it. And then Dominic starts laughing his ass off because I don't know I'm doing this. I was so pissed on a subconscious level. I am mouthing horrible shit about this guy to this guy. My new dickhead friends across the table are egging him on in his stories because they can see my facial expressions, which has now become the funniest thing this crowd has ever seen because they're expecting probably this dude's going to get trounced and he doesn't understand. Troy and Alyssa get there, and bless her heart, she doesn't know well. She's not been around LARPers right. for a long right. time. Troy does, and Troy's amused, but Troy has his way of calming me. You know, he's there, yeah. and I'm like, okay, cool. I won't be that dick. It, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to relax. Pizza gets here. I'm chewing on shitty pizza, but at least it's something. And so I'm distracted, right? He's talking, 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 and I've never seen Troy happier. And it's because... <laughs> He's staring at me, not at this guy. And every time I look over, he's like, yeah? Huh? Yeah? Like, how long are you going to let this dude talk, man? And I'm like, you have no fucking idea, bro. I'm just, hey, cool in the gang. And uh, Alyssa's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you a story about my character. I'm like, Alyssa, you're a sweetheart. And I'm trying to tell her, don't. I'm like, mouthing, like, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Like, stop engaging this fucking guy. Right. Don't egg him on. You know, you're an attractive woman, and you're going to sit here to, to a lot of people. And, you know, you're going to sit here. I have to add that. And you're going to sit here, and, you know, whatever. Don't do it. This, this guy is just fiending for attention. And then the part that made me not want to do anything to this guy because I really think he's like a stalker, do something to you guy when no one's looking. That notebook he's had for three days where he's been writing stuff in it, 
is completely blank. <laughs> it's completely fucking blank. Like, bring this full circle. I can keep carrying a notebook everywhere with a pencil acting like he's writing in it. The notebook's numbered in the bottom right. You know, one of those, like, uh, like journals that you would have. Right. And it's made, I forget the, Bic. It's like a Bic notebook for, mm-hmm. you know, writing whatever. And it's, it's one through, like, 300 or whatever it was. He leaves on the table to get up to scavenge food from other people's tables that have not, that aren't there. Right. And, uh, you know, he does it a little bit. And then because other people see it, they're like, we're not going to carry all this alcohol and uneaten food up. We'll just offer it to the table because clearly you guys are hungry. And I'm like, there's a gigantic pizza I sprung for in front of everybody. No one's hungry. Right. You know, or they'll take it or not. M&Ms get passed around. You know, the gamer communal, almost like ROM gypsy thing happens. And this dude goes, or this woman goes, hey, who wants the rest of this bottle of wine? He goes, I do. Jumps up, starts chugging it. I quickly look through the notebook, There's, and I'm thinking maybe he didn't took pages out. There is no evidence of pages missing. This guy is insane, <laughs> right? I've always said this. It's cool that you don't like someone. It's great that you tell them. But when they're not accepting warning signs, you know, they have no wherewithal about their own self-safety, right. there's got to be something wrong. And there is. He's insane. Other weird part, he mentions his brother. Now, I sleep on this, right? I go up. I'm having nightmares about this guy. Nightmares that I hit him and got arrested. Nightmares and wake up. Fuck, that didn't happen. Nightmares that this dude's still talking to my ear at night in the bedroom. Right. Because he's a creep. And I like horror films. So I'm thinking he keyed in the room somehow. And he's just sitting right there whispering to me all the stupid, retarded, rainbow, bright, brony bullshit that he does with Kool-Aid. And it's bad. I have, I have shitty sleep. I wake up, get ready, mm-hmm. pack, blah, blah, blah. I get downstairs, me and Dom go to breakfast after loading up the car, and we navigate the hell pretty easy this time. And uh, what, lo and behold, what do I see? The dude's brother. I do know this guy's brother, uh-huh. right? You may remember the tale of me telling you a long time ago, going to Neighborville to the Riverwalk, and there was this guy walking around playing what they call Malkavians. Yep. And for those of you who don't know, they're, they're, you get to act out somebody who has a derangement Right? Like, so you could be pretend to be schizophrenic or what have you. It's never been my forte because to me, that's serious shit. Right. That's something it that maybe. Taken very seriously. Exactly. Maybe you shouldn't do that in public. Or if you're going to pick something that won't alarm everybody else and everybody's aware of what you're doing, yeah. and treat it with respect, right? This guy was walking around, double speaking everybody, acting like he was insane, and he wasn't. It was to the point that I remember it was like my first Riverwalk thing. This is the guy I threw off the top of the parking garage in character. Right. They didn't actually do it. Right. But actually, he broke down in tears. Uh-huh. So understand me new, and like, you know, violence happens, whatever, and I'm playing a gangbanger embrace from Compton, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And for those of you who know me, it could be pretty intense. Right. And just as a, as a uh, um, uh, what you call, uh, um, just to explain it, this all happens in character. There's no real violence. There's no... Nobody's actually punching anybody. Right, absolutely. It's, it's, it's all acted out. It's, 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 it's not right, and it's not even like pantomimed out. It's more verbally described. Right, and you're good, you're a good distance away. Right, uh, you act out the words, say what you're doing, but you don't actually do it. And uh, and that's what was weird about it. This guy had a cape on up over his head, and like a hockey mask, and it's hot as hell out. And I don't know why that annoyed me. Right, and I've been watching him all night, just piss people off. Right, because you would talk to him, and then he would say, because you would talk to him. Right over your shoulder, and he's in your ear. 
right? Which I considered rude. Right. And he's like, oh, it's a derangement, you know, and he's bragging how good he is at acting. And I'm like, it's not acting. You're right. just an asshole. And he keeps doing it and keeps doing it and keeps doing it. So I threw his character off the roof. In character, not actually, right? Right. But apparently it does something to him. You know, I don't even know what it is. But up there where we actually were, where we ran it, he's crying. It's a grown-ass man crying that his fictitious character got a hurt leg for being a dick. <laughs> right. Right? And I'm like, what a pussy. Right. Like, I don't got time for this. And I walked away and I'm telling Dominic, this is the dude that got me thrown out of the river walk. Because I remember it because he had all these friends and everybody liked him. And like this, you gotta understand this community is so nitpicky. They're so drama filled. If, if you're well liked, anything that happens to you, there are people that will go and sternly talk to you. And to understand why me and Nate get along well is because we don't give a shit. Right. If you have a problem, come talk to us. And we're big softies. If we wronged you, we'll respect that you talk to us. Yeah. And and we'll and we'll work to not wrong yeah, you that way. If it's legitimate and I'm out of line, you know, bring it to my attention. But I'll 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 argue why I'm not. And if your argument is more <laughs> right. valid, then okay, I'm an asshole. But true to that, if you're acting like a bitch, you'll get treated like one. That's yeah, and that's that's just the philosophy for life. You know, don't you know, right or wrong, that has served me well, served you well, and that's that's who we are. You know, right. And uh, this guy is none about. It. In fact, when he passes me. He looks at me, and I knew he knew me because it's the same look I remember him giving me. He still hates me. I was 19 <laughs> when that happened. I'm now 36. I've right. never seen him at Gen Con. His asshole holder brother has been stalking and harassing me uh-huh. or, or us for the last better part of the vacation. I run past him, and he has a look of such defeat that he saw me that I was gleefully smiling walking by. That I could wreck <laughs> someone's life so bad that so much time passed. How? Wow. How how infirm is that person philosophically, morally, emotionally, that something that happened, you know, 15 <laughs> years ago plus, like, could still affect him emotionally? <laughs> it's, it, was, it was shocking. Yeah. At, at the very least. And uh, we made a, and the coolest part is, you know, we go back to first watch and just kind of wind down. And, you know, we're leaving. It's the worst part of Gen Con. You're not tired at Gen Con because you're leaving. You're tired because you built a routine. You built a routine with a community of people. And let's face it, when you have 100-plus people that enjoy your game and what you do, it has to be the same feeling like Stan Lee gets and why he goes to a convention is to see the fans, you know, verify, yes, you do good work. Yes, your life and what you're good at, people respect and they love you for it. There's a high that you get. absolutely. And then you're with the staff that brought this about. And you know, you know, Troy's going to San Diego. I uh, believe Brittany goes back to Texas. Chris is going back to California. And you're like, that kind of sucks. But then you're like, also, that's why it's awesome because it's once a year. Right. But I was also homesick. You gotta understand. I run a home game here, tabletop every Saturday I have for years, or somebody is. There are no better players than what I have at home. Sorry, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. I have I have doers. I have people who are adults who are level headed who know when game is and when game isn't. And come here when they get together. We these are people I've known for almost twenty years. Right, right. It's a family. And I was telling Dom, I was like, man, nobody does this like our family. Nobody. And he was like, oh, for sure. And, and he goes, but it was cool to take complete strangers and make them a part of your life because you know you made them happy. Nothing right. else in their life made them happy, and you did that. And and that's that's why I do it. 
You know what I mean? Right. It's uh, maybe it's ego, maybe a bit, and that's true. But ultimately, it's because if you have the talent and imagination and organization, there are four days that are there for you to prove it. Yep. You know? Yep. And that's what's awesome about it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I missed it this year. Um, you know, I've had some of the best times going to the convention. I've had some of the most frustrating times. And you get to meet every kind of person. You get to meet the coolest people. You get to meet the weirdest fucking people. And, you know, somewhere in between, you meet some cool people that you kind of, like, have a friendship with. And, you know. So, yeah, this year I didn't get to go because, uh, you know. I, I got to tell you something awesome. Yeah. Like I know about going. L- l- give me five minutes. I have to pee again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, just give me five minutes. Uh, we'll be right back here. All right, so before we, we broke, um, you were saying that you had some things that you forgot about you didn't mention? Absolutely. Um, I first want to just kind of add, uh, Chris Tyke and uh, Dominic Martino, they're the ultimate wingmen if you're going anywhere, sure. right? Because Chris is going to find all the cool places to eat and all the stuff, and a cheap place to get a good martini at, and Dominic's your guy. Right. He can find humor and make a situation humorous out of nowhere, Right. but he will... He will, he will prop you up to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like the consummate, uh, what am I looking at? The uh, I've always likened um, Dominic to uh, those old Looney Tunes cartoons <laughs> where you got the big dog that's like the palooka <laughs> boxer, <laughs> right. and you got the little dog that runs around, and, and you know, he's like, ah, yeah, I got you, I got you. you know, exactly. he's, he's one of those guys. He's a little, uh, I don't want to say little, he's like a five foot six Italian guy, you know. Right. He definitely has that, that, uh, He's the guy that's like, hey, you talking shit about my pal here? My pal's going to fuck you up. You know, he's like, right. he's, he's a sidekick. He definitely has that sidekick. And, and that side of him also, though, is, is he'd, he'll do it, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I think he's a good guy. Because why you got to understand it, because that's how I was able to do all this and not be completely miserable. You know, it was their help. Right. So, you know, I, I thought just shout out to them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing is we're at this convention and uh, I have this character, right? Yep. That, that I love playing, right? You know, and it's the gourmand, right? Right. And for, and for folks that don't know, uh, a long time ago, we had read some stuff about how the, the debauchery in Rome, uh, they had, you know, people who got pretty big who were rich because all they did was party and eat and do whatever the hell they wanted to. And, you know, to read what it is, they got pretty bloody. Some of it was, you know, mock uh, arena fights right in their house, leading to cannibalism is considered this high delicacy, right? Yeah. Well, it's vampire. It's dark. I'm going to use it. I'm a fan of horror films. So I like taking something beautiful, and my goal is to sit people I don't know down with me and terrorize them. Yep. I need them to be afraid. That's the goal. Or at the very least, feel why they should be humane. Because right. they can end up like this guy. Because it's a big theme in the game is yeah. maintaining your level of humanity. Absolutely. It's got to be a trick. I sit down. I run this scene of them getting to this exclusive club called Red Velvet. And Red Velvet, because we have the phones we're using, I put out that it had over 800 reviews in the Yelp app. Mm-hmm. And every review short and sweet. It gives it five stars, and it's all the rage. Well, the players who look for a good place to hang out because they're bored, they decide to go there. And it's got, they run their credit check. To, I want to make a reservation. What's your credit rating? <laughs> Exclusive, right. right? And so, and they're hooked. They're so hooked that I did the cool thing of I give you a little, you taste it, and I walk away from it. I don't say anything about it. You know, and then they go to the, of course, the um, Chris Vickers and he was running um, Influence, right? Uh-huh. And Influence is used if you want to contact mundane people, right? right? From cops to the down low on legal, what have you. All your rumors that you get to discuss in game. Yeah. 
And so they use it to get a hold of this club to get in. And so Chris goes, okay, Bob, it's been about an hour since you talked to him. They're still waiting. They're going to go do it now. So I'm like, okay. I run the scene and bring them over and sit them down. I describe them going in and how the bouncer immediately lets them in, but makes them take off their shoes. And he puts them in a plastic bin, mm-hmm. pushes it to the side, but he makes everybody take off their shoes. They get to go upstairs to the manager's office alone. However, they see all these secluded tables in the restaurant where uh, people sit down and the people meet, and excuse me, the workers come and wash their feet. You know, I kind of put a little Middle Eastern theme there because I was thinking, make it weird, but kind of sultry, you know, kind of like, all right, this is Pamperville, right? Right. And then they see that they're eating all sorts of weird stuff. Like one table has jalapenos and almonds on the table. Another group has avocado and avocado butter on the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one person's rubbing down the arms of the other on some predisclosed agreement as to why they're here. And then the people learned whoever owns this establishment is paying these. So not only is it exclusive, they're paying them to come here and perform these things, and they get free alcohol, and then they're told to leave. Now, these players are super intelligent. They're quick to jump to the conclusion that we're in danger. They immediately think that. They go, you would do this. This is like watching cattle. Right. Intelligent cattle coming in and basting themselves. And I let it go. I don't say one way or the other if that's the case. Then they see the tired servant, who's, of course, British. And, you know, he talks to them. And, and the way he's talking to them, the way I had it, it's a completely different voice. Um, they're, they're unnerved. Because they're like this poor guy. Mm-hmm. Well, what's behind the manager's door? So they get there and open it up. And it's, of, as you would imagine, this immense mound of flesh with a silk suit on mm-hmm. that's clearly tailored made because it had to be. Right. Right? Just immense. I describe it and I find a picture on the internet for it. Right? Someone actually has a drawing of, of a thing like that. And it looks hellish. I said, just, just ignore the face and look at the suit. And this guy's browbeating them immediately about their wealth. Tells them they can't enter the room. You know, I believe it was, uh, uh, I tell them, enter the room according to your wealth, the money in your bank account. (laughs) And one guy goes, I'm a CEO of some said company. Of course you are. You're bankrupt. This morning, I made a mistake, and Greece once again owes the world money. It happens. But that was my piggy bank. Sit down and enjoy yourself. And I'm using this voice, and I'm using my size to right. sweep the table. And I have these little markers marking how far his gut comes out. Because I'm nowhere near as big as this dude is. Right. No one in the world is. But this guy is throwing his weight around with them verbally. They can barely talk in the scene. At first, they're laughing. But then I'm painting what's being brought in front of them. They're all vampires. But they're sampling blood. And when they drink this blood out of flutes... He's telling them, tell me what you taste. I want to make sure that my cooks are good, because if they're not, i got to get new cooks, right? Right. And so the first guy to drink it tells his friend, we got to get the hell out of here. Because when he drinks it, he's tasting, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a young girl, before her prime, you know, before she's matured and whatnot. And he, he's like, there's no way he got this legally. Right. And says it off the bat. And he's shocked he could taste it. And he's like, I don't know, this dude's creepy. we got to leave, we got to leave, we got to leave. So they go to leave, and he goes, how much would it take to get you to stay? I know you're broke. <laughs> and he's like, what? You're broke because you're here begging from my scraps from my table like a loyal dog. You are mid-classy, <laughs> and you plebe. Have a seat. The wealthy is speaking. And they're like, I'm going to sit down because now I want to kill you. Right? right? You know, figuratively. Right. So they're in the scene, and as it goes on, they want to get in business with them. Right. Because that's the end. Long story short... There's a deal they got to do to prove to him that they're just like him. Now, you got to understand, I described him. Clearly, he's depraved. 
and he's long ago lost the con- connection with just humanity. Right. You know, to him, it's greed, and apparently, he's the richest guy ever, and has power because of that wealth and the very worst tyrannical wealth. Right. Right. They get that, and they're like, "But we actually do need money to help a friend in need, and blah blah blah." So we'll use them to help them out. And he tells them that it's a right of patronage they have to do. This has to be the hallmark of my career of storytelling. It truly does. Mm-hmm. Because at the table, I describe, I just do the gesture of this servant coming in, pulls the silver lid off of a severed vampire's head, and the mouth's still moving. It's silently <laughs> screaming. It's looking at them and screaming, and we had to stop the scene. We had to actually pause it. Like, they were so into the moment, so into the scene, that they were speechless. They didn't know what to say. Right. Now, remember, you have to be 18 to play the game. We discuss mature yep, themes. Yep. We tell them what you can get into. It's the an whole adult night. game. Yep. Absolutely. And we tell them it's a horror game. This is going to happen. And they weren't just shocked. They were telling me, you know, we're impressed. Played a while. I just, I, I don't know what to say to that. And, you know, then they get back in character and like, well, we got to do it. Because we got to get out of here. He's like, why? We're, look, they're the poor bastard who told him no. Right. That's all I got to say. They do what they got to do. They get up and leave. And I never had more praise in my life from that scene because when they got up and left, they're like, we're coming back next year. We're going to see you in a year because that guy's got to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's the yeah. best feeling ever when you make a villain. To me, it was like I wrote a book. And I made a villain so good, so unforgettable that they just, this evil has to go down. Right. And we're the ones who have to do it. He can't have anybody else be victimized by this guy. And I thought it was awesome. You know, it yeah. was just like, oh, cool. And then when they tell me this, they're like going, you got to understand, we go to all sorts of games and it's always a bunch of people standing around. You know, storytellers are arrogant. The characters can't be killed. And they're just bossing people around in and out of game. Right. And that's that's a negative side effect of a lot of games. Right. And they said, and here's this guy who, you know, he said, to be honest, we thought she was just some dude on staff who didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, we wanted to run the scene with you we thought was small. And turn into this big, beautiful, nightmare scene. And uh, one of the guys told me, he goes, you, you're a fan of Clive Barker? I was like, I'm a massive fan yeah, of Clive yeah. Barker. That, that's clearly going to come through. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> right? that's going to come through. Like, that's, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was like, going, oh, well, that's like, you know, I was stuck with that. But that's why I was scared of you. Because I knew that this could get a lot worse. Like, this was the tip of the iceberg. And he's like, going, but I'm kind of mad that there's not more days of this. Yeah. You know? That's the effect you get, but I, I just thought that was worth mentioning because that's the type of stuff we brought to this game. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we, we've been doing this collectively for, you know, if, if we added up, yeah, I didn't go, but, you know, I've, I've helped run in the past, and our experience is, you know, like 40 fucking years worth of, of doing this collectively. Right. And we've been to every single type of game, both <laughs> as players and as storytellers. Like, we've been step on shitty games we've been step on good games we've been players in shitty games we've been players in good games and like for me it was always about okay this is the talent that we have for this game it's like we're not making, sure. we're not making money off of it we're not for gonna sure. get paid you know for gen con what do we get a free hotel room and a pass essentially paid if you had to put a monetary value to it it's about 700 bucks yeah yeah i mean it's a decent amount but there's a lot of work that goes into it. Oh, yeah. There, there's a year's worth of work and, and, and hustle. And, you know, I don't, think, I don't think the average player really appreciates that. That we've played, we've, we've story told for shit staffs at Gen Con. And there are people that put in work and there are people that don't. And we've definitely put in work. <laughs> You've put in work. Fucking Troy's put in work. 
And I think it's really a testament to the work ethic of of you, of Troy, of the people that we've had on staff that we've Thanks, really man. tried. I mean, it's it's awesome. As far as storytelling goes, we'll just put it like this. You just told a two-hour story, <laughs> essentially uninterrupted. So there's a talent there for verbal storytelling. You know, that's that's undeniable. Anybody that plays in that game or that's played with you is either going to say, he's a great storyteller or fuck him. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a level of fuck you because there's probably some degree of jealousy. You know, they, they, they don't know you or, you know, the, the misunderstandings being what they are. But you definitely have a talent for it. Uh, more so than me, I would say, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. I didn't make anybody cry in a scene. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say. And you didn't do it with a monster. You did it in a real-life scenario. Um what I'm referring to is the, is the girl that came to the game talking all that crap about how she did the violent side of Vampire and did Sabat oh, in the Dark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you started that scene where the uh, the vampire fed in the infant. Yeah. Didn't even rip it apart, nothing bad, just chose to feed in the infant. Right. And she bursted out in tears. Yeah, she, she couldn't she couldn't hang. That's see I mean, let me let me let me defend this. To anyone listening, it probably sounds kinda insane. If you mm-hmm. have no frame reference, and, and that would be horrible. Right. But in this game, the, by the rules, vampires, it's not painful to be bit by them. They overheighten the sensuality of it. It feels good to have it happen, and it doesn't have to be you ripped it apart and killed them. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a game that can be, it can be that, for sure. But, you know, the way that the, the creators of this game kind of wrote it is that there's a, there's a level of romanticism to it, but it's sure. always dark. It's always dark because you're as a when you become a vampire, you're not you know just oh I'm now I'm, now I'm immortal and I get to do whatever I want. It's you you are essentially parasites living beneath the human structure, right? And and this game allows you to build a community of people. Like I never get to know people before they play a game. Yeah. I never do. And really, I think it's it's on an end. We've been doing it for so long. It kind of jades me, you know, to yeah. to normal people. Because I get that we got to eat, work, live, raise kids, family, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it makes me hunger for more in life. There's got to right. be more to your personality than routine. What separates us from the ants? Our intellect. Our intellect allows us imagination. Yeah. If you don't use an imagination or think your extent of imagination is how well you make avocados mm-hmm. into, into other items in the kitchen, and that, oh, honey, look at that. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's feigned interest from your partner. Nobody in the history of mankind gave two shits about the many ways you can make avocado beyond how tasty they were for the moment. Right. Right? So as shitty as that may be or of an outlook, I don't even think it's that. I just know some people have told me that opinion. I'm saying I believe in the spark of imagination. Yeah. And the thrill that people can come together and entertain one another without, ideally, the need of alcohol or drugs or anything like that. It's possible, although those venues do exist for a reason. But but go beyond. And yeah. I think you grow from it. And when you put somebody in an environment where they have this sheet in front of them and they get to paint their character in three dimensions, right? Right. The stats... To hell with the stats, they get to tell a story themselves and then act it out. You help them become something else, and you've seen it. We've watched people grow from introverts who probably live in hell really at school and their jobs just never speak their mind. Shy people, people that don't want to, you know, wallflowers and stuff like that. And then you put them in the role of authority and tell them what it means and what they got to do to do it and give them the practice. They become awesome. Yeah. 
just come right out of their shell. And then they keep that awesomeness. You give them that gift of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. That they couldn't have gotten anywhere else. Well, when you allow people, if you, if the average person, if you go, hey, what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to act and pretend you're, you know, I want you to be like Tom Cruise in this situation. They're going to clam the fuck up. But when you basically trick them into <laughs> pretending for their own fun and amusement, and you see, like, okay, like, these people actually, like, anybody can do it. Right. If they're given the proper venue to actually excel. You know, if you give them the chance to, to shine, but you don't put that pressure on them that, like, you have to. You, you know, you're, you're yeah. not going and, and auditioning for a movie. <laughs> you're just playing. You're just pretending. You give them the safety net or right or wrong, you're trying. Right. Absolutely. And that's what matters. And, you know... A little thing I know. That's the same thing when you go to like an acting school. Yep. You're trying to portray an emotion. You're going to be there till you learn how. But the point is, not no one, no two people are going to do it the same way, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point, and that's and that's the draw. Right. And and to tie it back to that situation with that girl that I was talking about that you did that too, who cried. It's because I think why I like it is because somebody who's so soulless as to brag that they played a character that tormented and terrorized people. And she's talking about people that played the game. You got to understand, I don't care about the fictitious people that the storyteller plays, right. that, you know, you were monstrous to or whatever. That's kind of part and parcel for it. But we're talking your friends, sometimes your family, come to play these characters too and love them or hate you or whatever, how the Sid drama goes. At the end of the day, you're laughing, having a good time, right. talking about those moments or the past like we're doing now. And this woman just bragged on end and I watched you. Okay, we're going to run a scene then and let's do it. And when she folded... Just folded. Mm-hmm. You have no. You say I'm good, and I and I'll agree. I'll be arrogant. I agree. I I clearly just came from an event where like 300 people told me so. Right. Right. So plus every weekend I got my good friends who wouldn't keep coming around if I sucked. Right. So I got a little leg to stand on, but you have a force of charisma. You have a way of making somebody feel like they're the only person in the room and then paint the world they're standing in, and they don't see you. They see the environment right. that they're in. And I think when another storyteller just told her, yeah, you terrorized these cops and did this, that, and the other, and you're now on the wanted list. (laughs) Yay. Just brush it over. World of difference from her stalking the streets looking for blood because she's near starved. And this animal instinct inside her is telling her, human is pushing her human intellect away, and she's finding people by scent. But she's not a strong predator. She's a cunning one. And so she found the weakest prey possible, and it was a mother in the park with her infant that you painted, and when she went to do it, you described what her character was doing from an ascent, a, a, a point of instinct, and it was beautiful because she was there with you. And it's like I took her crying mm-hmm. as that human side of her screaming not to do it, and then you mercilessly described how she did it, and she never came back. Well, That's, <laughs> look, 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 this is what I'm saying right. is this ain't for amateurs, right. you know, no, this for is, sure. That's, that's what for it sure. is. But you can't do that if you suck. You no. can't do that if you're not good. And I appreciate that. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like you, to do those, emo- that's a lot of effort. And you did it every time, which is why I also think, you know, if, it, if you didn't have school, you would have been there. Yeah, for sure. I know that for sure. You know, but, I talk a little shit because, you know, the last two years I went, I got deathly fucking ill for, you know, a couple of weeks <laughs> afterwards. But. Yeah, you know, I do miss it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, and it, it's definitely a venue for creativity, and both of us are creative people. You yeah, know, for uh, sure. You know, say what you want, but we both, we've done lots of creative shit over the course of our lives. And, yeah, it's, it's stressful, 
there is a level of stress to it, oh, yeah. but it but it's a stress that has a definite reward. I call it the stress of any good entertainer. Yeah. It's the stress of every time I grab the mic and I'm going on the stage, I got to somehow be better than my last performance. Yep. And I got you're you're neurotic because of it because you're stressing over every little detail. Right. Because you right? always want to be improving. And you want to be perfect. And the key about a perfectionist is that they're never satisfied because the moment they do, they become predictable. They become boring. Yep. And that's the God's honest truth. The majority of people want routine. They need routine. They get used to routine. And they fantasize about being something else. A perfectionist never gets to sit still. Yeah, because routine to me is like, you might as well just fucking end it. You right. Know? I, I, I definitely, I, I mean, I've spent the last 10 years living in routine. And those were probably the least happy 10 years of my fucking life. <laughs> You know, that, and for sure, routine and, and going to school. And, and referring it career-wise. Yeah, yeah, Right, absolutely. career choice. Nothing yeah, 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 to anything yeah. else. No, but. no nothing, nothing about anything else, but just doing doing the same job and, and having basically no real reward mentally and, you know, just kind of being stuck in that that rut. And that's great for a lot of people. You know, they want to, you know, pay the bills and raise children and have a wife. And, and I don't judge. I'm not there to judge people for what they <laughs> right. find happy. But for me, it took a while for me to realize, you know, I, I, you know, as far as I was raised, it was you get a fucking job, <laughs> you do that fucking job, and you just, you, you work. You just work mindlessly. Work, in a wheel. Right, you know, cause, because that's what you do. And so, of course, you know, a level of, uh, of my brain was like, okay, that's, yeah, that's what I'll do. Right. Because that's what's expected of me as a person. That's how you know you're, you're a good person because you do the same shit yep. every day. And, you know, there, there came a point where I was like, no. I don't <laughs> give a fuck if I'm broke, if I'm poor, if I'm living in the gutter. I'm not going to do that shit every day because it doesn't fulfill me. And, and for those who don't know, uh, Nate is a super creative guy. I've watched him draw and sketch. We got paintings on our wall in the apartment we're in that are just phenomenal. I mean, they definitely showcase the hobby and the talent of the guy, you know, you've been listening to for a while now. And uh, he decided one day that, hey, I'm going to school. I found what I'm good at, what I enjoy doing. It's literally his voice and his talent for media. And he he's in it. Like, I mean, like it or hate it. Um, you who sit on your couch and pass judgment because he's not making six <laughs> figures, I want to point something out to you. Are you doing what you love? Did you did you actually shoot for the moon and reach for it? That's the question. And if you if in your head at all you're thinking no, then you're not living. I'm going to tell you like this: the one thing that has stuck in my mind for a really long time, and this is going to seem like a kind of a I don't know. To me, it seems kind of silly, but maybe it won't to you. Uh, I, I, I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to people talk <laughs> sure. and, and listening to their ideas. And in one podcast that I listened to, I don't know if you listened to it with me, but um, it was a Kevin Smith podcast where he talked about his dad passing away. You know, his, his dad died of a heart attack and his dad died <laughs> screaming. Here's, here's some honesty. You listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of shit. And yeah, so some, some of them are, a lot of them are serious, but to preface it, they're intellectual as hell, and that's what gets me to listen to them with you. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm also, I have another hobby of video oh, games. Yeah, you, you so got all, half yeah. in, half out. Absolutely. So. Uh, but anyways, long story short, the one thing that always stuck with me was when I was listening to this podcast, and he's telling this story, was that he said, you know, chase your whimsies. You can't. You should, you should not spend your time just dwelling, you know, you should chase what you love. Right. And win, lose, or draw, at the end of the day, if you like doing something or there's something that you're passionate about, 
why not fucking do that? You only have one life. What I've decided to do with that is that to start a conversation, I ask two questions. The first one is, how's your whole life? Mm-hmm. Right? And actually, I stole that. There's a guy at work who said to kind of be a cheeky, a cheeky prick about it. And uh, I was like, cool, you said it, great, you're cute with the kid, whatever, move right. on. And I thought about that phrase, how's your whole life? That's a great way to put it, because it kind of, in a nutshell, says, you know what? I'm interested in how you're doing, but tell me the story, don't make me there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's like, I'm not looking to get married, just, you know, you are you okay this yeah. year? You know, whatever you want to tell me, feel free, I'm willing to hear a little bit, right? But, you know, respect right, that. Right, right, The second one is, is what do you do? Now, I ask people, what do you do, and they, what do, you, what do they always go to? Well, their job. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, your job's not you. Right. Unless what you do is what you love. Right. If that's your passion. Right. But it's never that. It's it's always like I I'm an accountant and well, I'm, I'm, I'm an insurance adjuster. I, you know. Yeah. Oh my boss is a dick. I never hear pos- it's like it it's like what do you do? They want to shit in your ear. Yeah. Now I tried this at Gen Con, right? And I was pretty blown away. I was like, what do you do? He goes, oh, well, I'm into this. I'm into that. They went right to hobbies. Yeah. Right to hobbies. They didn't want to talk about work. It, to anybody there, work was dead. <laughs> yeah. If the world right. burnt down, we were happy getting up and going and doing what we were doing. Right. And we're perfectly content. And why I say it that way is because it, that needs to be the norm. Yeah. Like, it's great that you have it. You're gainfully employed. Great. But it's depressing. And also, you get a different opinion about people when all they want to do is know how much you make because you're like, what are you, a classist? Right. Are you trying to put me somewhere based on how much I make? Right. I'm just making conversation. No, you're not. You're judging me. Well, and and then you know, there, there's an argument that can be said too that there there's if if all you're doing is you're looking at other people and you're thinking about them based on their career, how fucking small is your brain? Right. When when all you have to offer is that that uh, avocado well, mom. Right. This is your job, and that's what you are, and I have nothing else to talk about. Go fuck yourself. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I'm not picking on moms who like avocado, but I made the statement. You know, I'm a guy who's uh, – I often use analogies, and usually they suck, but they make sense to me. <laughs> so – and if you know me, they work. So that's the deal. But what I'm saying is, is uh, back, back up the point I was, I was making, to kind of reinforce it, I'm one of the most successful friends I know in terms of when I say I'm going to get what I'm worth, I usually go and get it. Right. But the problem is I get burnt out in these careers because – you know, you get these people who are just routine based. Yeah, they don't look to better their performance. They look to just meet the bar, right? And skate, and and they're just stones around my neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've been there. I've I've been in a position where I was doing a job, and I was like, I hate this job so much that that my only my only purpose while I'm here is to do the bare minimum, right? Because it's it's so insignificant to my mental well-being that I don't want anything to do with it. And so I, I get that to a degree, but I think, you know, if, if there's something that you want to do, fuck off, then you should fucking do it. Chase it. Right. Chase happiness, not success. Right. And uh, I, think, I think that's a good point to, you know, kind of wind it back to or bring it back to Gen Con. That's what that's about. I mean, there are friends who can go and friends who can't. And some like, you know, I only got one chance a year and it's really not worth my time. And I've been there. I've done that. And I say, you know, you say you like it. You say you like the hobby. But the truth of the matter is, if you're just there to hang out with your friends, it's really not going to be that fun because you can hang out with your friends at home. Yeah. You know, you got to make it fun. And that's just yeah. like anything. It's like if you wanted to go to Disney World just to laze around a hotel and sit at a pool, 
you overpaid. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You can go six blocks away and find a hotel with a pool. Absolutely. Just just figure it out. You know, fit foe, as we like to say. Yep. And uh, that's, that's, that's the cusp of everything. You know, enjoy what you do, love what you do, and, and do it because one day you're not going to be here. Or right. you're going to be really sick, and someone's going to be caring for you, and all you're going to have are your thoughts. And if all your thoughts are, are day one. I found a way to make avocado and blackberry taste good. You're, you're very stuck on avocado, by I'm, the way. I'm stuck on <laughs> avocado. I, I'm stuck on it because I had it at breakfast in a unique way, right? I had it with, with eggs, eggs Benedict, and it stuck in my head because, like, what else could I use avocado for? And where it's not real imaginative, if you can't tell, it's because I suck at cooking. Yeah. Um, avocado, you slice and put in your face. That's all I know how to do with it, right? You just put it in your face. Um, when someone puts a jalapeno and spices in it, they're a magical person. Avocado is the shit. To it's be fair, <laughs> there's there's a lot you can do with it, and it's delicious. So, so I know. guess I want an avocado mom, but I want her to have something interesting to say. It's, that's what's on top of it. You know what right. I mean? So we're at like two and a half hours. You wanna uh, you wanna wrap this up? Yeah. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I think it's I it's, do live it's with kinda you. cool. <laughs> it's it's easy, right? You just yeah. walked in, but he was Johnny in a spot. It's like tell me about Gen Con, but use the mic. Right, right. You know? Well, you're not you don't seem to be uncomfortable with a microphone, so that's a good thing. And I just got off of talking to how many people, right? Yeah, you know, from right. embarrassed is, there it is. Um do you know do you know the website for the um uh the City of Glass? City of Glass, I not off the top of my head. Uh, I do know you can find it on Facebook. We got a Facebook page. Just type in City of Glass, you'll find that. Right. Uh, you can like it or friend it or whatever and keep track of us. Uh, my email works good, and I could shoot you City of Glass if anybody was interested. Yeah, I'll just, I'll, when I post this to my website, I'll just put your, your info down. Yeah, and if you're going to post it, I can give you, I can hunt it down yeah, and give you the yeah, City we'll, of Glass email we'll, then, too. We'll, uh, I, when, I, when I edit this down and everything, I'll, I'll post it under the website, and all the information will be there. Uh, this could potentially end up on iTunes, so I'm going to give out my website if you're not on it. Okay. Uh, it's utilitymuffinlabs.com, and you can check out all the different podcasts that I've done and get all the information. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, awesome. If you're not, it may not be up. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's about it, man. Thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks for chit-chatting, and uh, we'll do this again real soon. Yeah, it was a hard flight, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jack, you keep some rollers in your head with that plastic on your head, huh? Man. Hey, Keith, who did your jerry curls, man? You look good. Hey, Jerry, I seen y'all this morning on Cops, man. They had y'all pictures, all your profiles and everything. Y'all should say low. Gene call. He need $5. Ultimate focus behind your neck. Kid, we flex with text on your lyrical index. Stop the masses, rotate the fastest. Afro jerry curl world. Get ignited, re-invited on your...